Today's very special all-star edition of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. The best teams start with great talent, kind of like the NBA All-Star Game. Yeah, but that's easy. You're just picking the best players. You know it's really hard? Finding qualified candidates fast. That's what our presenting sponsor, ZipRecruiter, does. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. ZipRecruiter, so effective. Four to five employers have post on ZipRecruiter to get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Meanwhile, if you're in sales or own your own business, listen up. We all know the top reason businesses fail is because they can't find new customers. I'm here to tell you, all you need is to reach the right audience. Sales Genie, the proven way to find, acquire, and retain customers. If you're serious about growing your business, give Sales Genie a call for your free 14-day trial. 866-549-6803 or go to salesgenie.com slash BS. Meanwhile, double meanwhile, now that New Year's here, it's time to deal with all that stuff you never use. Sell it on Mercari, the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. Just take a few pics out of description and boom, your item is listed. I repeat, boom. Ring in the New Year with less stuff in your home and more money in your pocket with Mercari. M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Mercari, the selling app. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, where you can find the hottest take on Spotify, where I am very proud of the hottest take I did this week. It's about dogs on airplanes. I'll leave it at that. You can imagine where uh, where my head is at with that one. Uh, the rewatchables might be happening this week. Haven't decided if we're running the reheat this week or next week. Stay tuned for that. There is a book of basketball coming up Wednesday night. It's a very special episode for Knicks fans. So be ready for that one. And then you can check out all the great stuff on TheRinger.com and the rest of The Ringer Podcast Network at your convenience. Coming up, me, Ryan Rossillo, Joe House, we're breaking it down. The all-star teams in each conference, our picks, a whole bunch of arguments. I'm very excited. But first, some new music. We are taping this on a Tuesday morning LA time. Joe House is here. He flew in from DC a couple days ago. His flight was delayed by five hours. Ryan Rasilla is here. He just spent an hour and 40 minutes in traffic. We are fired up. They are picking the uh, the the all-star teams on Thursday. LeBron and Giannis are the captains. And they're going to go through the whole thing. Which is difficult for LeBron because LeBron always wanted to take Giannis first as a recruitment tool. So hopefully, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, Is that true? Yeah. And um, it, you can't pick him if he's the other captain. Well, LeBron is busy trying to make believe Kyle Kuzma is a really good NBA asset who has va trade value. You're just high right now because, I mean, we're not 12 hours removed from... From the beating? Right. Well, LeBron was focused. I mean, he took a helicopter to go see his son play like five hours before the game. Once I found out about that, I was like, oh, we might win today. I just don't think that that's that big of a deal. I just that he was in Springfield. It, it isn't. I, your, your focus is your focus. If your focus is I got to get to the game and then I'll come back and play the Celtics, that's great. I'm I'm glad that's a great right, but fatherly saw, move, but hey, I'm just glad as a Celtics fan that that was his attitude. Not to be the ringer's most dangerous employee, but I saw a video of Ben getting a haircut. You could yeah. we have two pods of tape today. Yeah. Were you prepping or were you taking your kid to get a haircut? 
Kyle took him actually. Oh, yeah. Right. You think he yeah. has anything to do with this kid yeah, I don't, raising this kid? I don't even I don't even know my kids. <laughs> the dismissiveness that Bill just gave me to look like, <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, big picture questions before we get to. Right. We're gonna go All through. Right. We're gonna make our all star picks. There's gonna be some people who aren't happy with this podcast. Uh, a couple groups before we start. Trey Young fans, I don't think are gonna be very happy with this podcast. Fans of people who love fake stats that don't resolve resolve in actual wins, they're not going to be very happy. Um, Joel and Bede fans might not like this. They might not. My first big picture question, is the East better than the West? Can we officially say it? I looked at the top sixes, and Indiana is the sixth team in the East right now, and I think they are better than the sixth team in the West. And if you start going backwards... And you go six, then five. It's like, oh wow, this this might actually be the first time we we have real balance between the conferences. You're not with me. I like the balance idea. I think the two best teams in the West are are better than everybody else. Who do you think the two best teams in the West are? The Clippers and the Lakers. Do you believe this? I do. I do. Okay. I still want to see what good Conley. Is I believe that good Conley still exists is maybe just me being hopeful because I like the Jazz and because I like Mike Conley's game. Um, I don't believe in Denver. We've been over this. Yeah, uh, we don't need to go over that. We don't. We don't. But why um, isn't Milwaukee the best team? No, I, I think I'm leaning more towards like I think the best version of the two LA teams might be the best thing that we still have. The, but so the ceiling of the team, the ceiling is your of favorite. the two LA teams is what I like. But I mean this this Milwaukee thing's ridiculous. I mean they were they were really good last year. They're far ahead of that pace, and they've gotten even better across the board statistically, and Giannis is even better. So I, I'm not going to argue against Milwaukee being the best team. I think that, that'd be stupid. I think there is a, a reluctancy to give up on what LeBron and AD will look like once this thing... Yeah, you know. that's all. The only thing to me that distinguishes um, Milwaukee from the two LA teams is reps. So uh, Giannis had his first real deep run into um, the conference playoffs last year. And, you know, both Clippers and the Lakers have a bunch of guys that have those 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 chops. There's serious questions on those LA teams that I think they can answer at the, at the trade deadline. But there's still questions. The Clippers are too small. I think they're going to be in real trouble when they go against a bigger team. And I, and I think they're starting to realize that maybe Harrell is not the answer if they're going to be playing the well, Lakers the in Herald, the playoff series. The Harrell thing's kind of like, that front office is so good with the Clippers. Like I can imagine, I'm sure they are. They're going like, is there a way we get out of the Harold contract problem with also sort of reinventing ourselves? But do you think they would trade him? Because I actually think they, I, I'm starting to think they would. I just think that they're such a forward-thinking group of guys that if they saw something where they go, you know, this this maybe doesn't really change too much of who we are right now, but in the future, it you know, it doesn't lead us to, you know, all these guys that everybody's like, oh, he's a free agent, he's a free agent. There's just not that much cap space out there. And there's not cap space out there with great options. It's all bad options. Like so, if Indiana called them and said, we'll, t we'll give you Miles Turner for Harrell and the Harkless expiring. I think the Clippers would do that. Is that really an upgrade? It that actually them, might be a downgrade. Well, but, it, <laughs> but I mean, if I know just, what you're saying. Like, if you're you know, just talking about, do we have enough size and you're deciding collectively as an organization, we actually don't have enough size. If there's certain teams that we we're going to play can, in the playoffs, can we just that stay on that trouble. though? Like who are, who are they playing though? That has so much size? Lakers. I think it's the Lakers team, are, right. and, yeah, and they, they, they have they to get through them, the Lakers, but then they beat them. You know, and but I do you trust them against Davis? I don't. I just, I don't know how. Well, they that's stop all I keep hearing from Lakers healthy. fans is that don't even worry about the Clippers. They don't have anybody, and then and then the Clippers beat them. 
So I would know, say LeBron's the second bigger, second biggest guy in that game. I don't think there's anybody big, like size wise. Jimmy years I've made the mistake of going, oh, they have those three guys that are all like six, seven, six, eight to kind of throw 20 minutes at LeBron. None of it's ever mattered. It yeah, does, it doesn't matter. So I don't know that, you know, other than look, they've got Kawhi, they've got George, they can switch all of these things. Hell, when Beverly switched on to LeBron, he blocked his shot. Not saying like Beverly's going to lock up LeBron. So you would upgrade, you would get one more wing because I think. If you were sitting and you gave all the options to me, I would actually rather try to get one more three and D guy and hope that I could get a buyout guy for more fouls and then just go with Harrell and uh and the tall dude. Hands Zubac. up. <laughs> hands up all the time. Who got just <laughs> hands ripped up. out of that Golden State series? Hands are up. But one more guy. I don't do you think Thompson is a buyout guy? Or do you think he's somebody that will actually get traded? Uh because the is like, he's not a buyout guy. We are not trading him. And it's and it's like uh, okay. There's a lot of front offices that will tell you. In look, they've told me for years that, that you at times you help out the agent, you help out the agent, you do the buyout, even though it doesn't make a ton of sense. And then the agent and fucks the, you three months later. Right, right. right. <laughs> and then the agent never repays the favor. Um, there's other front offices that wouldn't do that. It would just say, hey, I'm not, I'm not in this to do a favor for the agent, and that's that's a really easy thing to explain there too. So I don't know what's going to happen with Thompson, but Thompson is a valuable asset to somebody. And I can't believe, like there's two guys this year, Thompson on a lost cost season. And Derrick Rose. Um, I wasn't going to say Derrick Rose, but I would add I, him to it. But like guys. even watching Draymond, do you know how many other guys oh. would just, with the team resume that Draymond has had and the group that he's playing with now and that he's still pretty engaged? And I know he's getting paid. I know he doesn't score. But like that would, there's so many other guys that would be like, I don't even want to, dress. Like this is beneath me. The fake injury yeah, would have happened right. by now. I'm with you. No, I was talking about February guys that are actually kind of overqualified to be buyout guys because I think Rose is the same way. Like you have to get a real asset for Rose. And he's, Rose's number is he's awesome. Been, yeah. He's kind of unstoppable offensively again. He goes by anybody he wants in every game. He's only playing 25 minutes a game. He's on a restriction, but for a contender that's going But House, I gave up on Rose. Well, he, I never he, thought this was possible. He came all the way back last season. He was terrific last year, I thought. I, uh, and he's, look, he's 7.6 next year. He's 31 yeah. years old. So when you start looking at like some of the salaries and the money you can spend, like that's a great one. But the mantra is, I just want to add this though, in that I don't, when you're starting to figure out like, okay, the Celtics need a big if they have to play the Sixers or they're screwed. Okay. They're, they're not beating them. I don't, I don't care how great they looked against the Lakers. But I think there's a lot of teams that can kind of avoid that big matchup. I think with Montrez, it's it's pretty simple. And do you think there's some sort of way to flip this on the fly where you don't have to worry about his contract thing? But then Montrez is, I mean, the energy part of that, the way he plays. I, I that, personally would keep him. I would keep him, but I just think those guys are really smart and they're probably going over every single scenario. And that could we, like they'd be daring and bold enough to change something on the fly when most teams would never mess with it. And I still would say, don't get rid of the guy. I think with the the Harkless contract, which is fairly sizable, and the Jerome Robinson, I think he makes three. They can pretty easily get to like 18, 19 million, which puts them in play for at least an expensive wing guy. But I think the Celtics, I'm with you. The Tice and Cantor, on the right night, you can catch them like last night and be like, oh yeah, they're set. You add those stats together and it's like in a playoff series with the fouls, no, um, no. with the it's, possible injury It's a no stuff. for me. It's a no for me, They dog. need a third guy. <laughs> and I don't know what happened to Robert Williams, but um, I think the East, I think it's a conversation that it's better than the West because I, like, uh, I like Miami, I like Toronto. I think the Celts, there was a stat that the top seven on the Celts had only played, I think, five games together. Last night was the sixth. 
when they actually have their seven, it's a good team. They're still two guys short. Uh, is one of those two guys Hayward? Philly, Philly no, high they're, upside. They're top four. Good last night. Yeah, Hayward. I mean, the Hayward thing, whenever I look at this Boston struggle stretch, you go, okay, you know, it was a little overblown. They had the second easiest schedule as of going into this week when I was looking at some of the stuff in the entire league, like second yeah. easiest to the first 40 games or something. But they're four. It's hard to come up with too many more teams that you think, okay, I like their top four Fave better top than the fours. Celtics' top yeah. four, even though Hayward, since he's been back, like, let's see how it looks in in April before we just assume he's washed again because I don't think that's the case because he was so good at the beginning of the year. So, well, what they did last night, granted, they caught the Lakers in in on the right night in the right game, but they were when they play with pace and they attack the rim, they're a really interesting team. And I, I do think that's the one kind of style that the Lakers have trouble with because the Lakers don't want to play fast like that. They never, and LeBron never wants to play fast. No. It's one and of the funniest things. If you can speed things. the game up on him, it's it's a little trouble for him. Every time somebody goes, oh, we got a new coach, new system, more athletes, you're going to get out there and run. It wouldn't be better than LeBron in transition. He's the one that dictates pace. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the roster or the stuff. And, and it, by the way, it's working for him. It's working. But every year I hear it, oh, wait, we got Larry Nance Jr. out there running with LeBron. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, my well, favorite thing with, with LeBron on that point is he, he doesn't really have to cross half court. He, they run transition and he passes the ball from half court. I mean, it's effing incredible how many assists he has and how good they look. And he had a couple last night. The reinvention of, and this is what's made him so great. And this is why he's one of the three best players ever, that he can assume different forms depending on the season. And this year he's just like, I'm winning the assist title. And I'm going to try to make everybody else better, but I'm still going to be able to score 25 points a game. And this will, this will be my goal this year. What's crazy to me is the minutes. Didn't This is probably the most, the pace for the most that he's played, I would say, since like the second Miami season. I, I don't understand I, it. I, even though mean? last year was like a mess, I found myself like even more impressed. Not that like, I didn't think I could be any more impressed by LeBron, the player. Yeah, and there were moments last year where I go, he has, he's taking off this quarter, but he's playing. Yeah, and it looks like he's just out of it a little, but he, but he isn't because he's still out there. So you still have to worry about him the whole time. And then you look at the box score and be like, he had twenty nine, ten, and eight. Well, it's like, like a, what? How did that happen? It's like a boxer, right? Or a yeah. boxer can go. I'm gonna take off the fifth and sixth rounds and just fight for the last twenty seconds, and I bet I can steal these rounds anyway. So this is the most refreshed he's been in 15 years, right? Yep. He had a, a nearly six-month break from competitive basketball, serious competitive True. basketball. For the it first time, it. he it needed it. So it was like the very best timing. And he got the very best compliment in uh, Davis for, you know, the, the reinvention that you're talking about. And the Warriors guys have been pretty adamant about this for the last year, about how fucking grueling those 100-game seasons are. And even as they're trying to win the title last year. And Kurt talked about it when I did the book of basketball pot with him. You just stack those seasons in a row and it's five seasons, but it feels like eight. And sure. at some point you need to step back. And I think last year, maybe LeBron knew that that whole time. He was going to be, this is my reset season. We have all these young guys, the Davis thing or whoever gets going to take a year to play out. Whatever. I thought it was because he wanted to make movies. Well, that might have been it too. Because he wanted to go to his kids' games. But like, just, just for all, all the people like when they weren't playing well and he got hurt and were they going to be a four seed? No, but they would have made the playoffs. But when they're not doing well and every talking head that's like, you know, they launched this game show. So 
you know, <laughs> how hard is he really going to try? And you just go like, we do this. Like, remember when Roy McElroy like had a girlfriend? And this is he like, did, you, no, you, but he's doing a golf thing. No, I love it. it. It's, it's like it's, McElroy has this great start to his career, and then it's like he's seen with with some smoke show, and it's like eh, you know he didn't he didn't make the cut. Sex, Spieth, you know, <laughs> Spieth, same Spieth's thing. worse. Yeah, Spieth. Rory. Rory ditched his fiance on by text, so I don't think he was that affected. One was, last thing on Milwaukee, been, maybe he was roaming. Because I, I have a schedule, we got to move on. <laughs> Milwaukee's at plus twelve point seven point differential right now, and I remember when I was doing my book in oh seven oh eight oh nine when we just had less stats and it was really hard to compare the greatest teams from different eras, and the pace was all fucked up and we didn't have the good pace stats. But one of the things that was really valuable is point differential, and it's like if you're winning by. 10 points a night, you're having a significant season. This team's winning by almost 13 points a night. They've already had one long streak that I think was a 16, 17 game winning streak, something like that. And now they're in the middle of a seven game winning streak. And just night after night, they're killing teams. And at some point that really has to start to matter. And when I hear people, and I include myself, because I was like, it's going to be Clippers or Lakers. The dominance that Milwaukee's showing I think we have to start taking it seriously. Even though you and I have had a hundred conversations about regular season versus playoffs, mm -hmm. these games are ass kickings. And at some point that matters. It's like in club soccer, if one team's winning four, nothing, five, nothing, eight, nothing at some point, it's like, all right, that team's killing everybody. Like Juventus or something. And Milwaukee is starting to kill everybody. And I don't know. Well, it's not starting. It's been two seasons. They're going to end up with the best regular season record for two consecutive seasons. That's pretty effing good. And By I the do way. feel like they're better this year. Like you talked about it on KOC with KOC on your pod the other day about how they lose Brogdon. That sucks. The guy is probably going to make the all-star team that we're about to pick. But they've been able to piece together different guys that have added up to the offense. And, and you know, our man Dante has been really good for them lately. George Hill has been lights out all season. Um, Bledsoe's, I mean, I know it. no one trusts Bledsoe. I don't trust Bledsoe, but, but he's I been mean, good. Whatever this version of him is right now, it's been really good. And then you you go through the all-star stuff and you look at Middleton's stats. And yeah, it feels like, is he as significant a two with some of these other teams that won titles other than, say, Dallas? He's 28 minutes a game. I, I, and that's the other thing is that, that Bud keeps this thing just rolling. And it's almost like a quarterback another year into the system, a great quarterback who now I'm another year in. I know where all the throws are. And that's kind of what Giannis is doing. And... I have, I have no – look, the point differential, what are they, 14, 13.8? Is that what you just said? 12.7. 12, 12.7 right is, now? I think is a record. Okay, the 73 and 9 Warriors were under plus 11, plus 10.8. Um, you know, it, and you could you and can pick it apart. one of those Bulls teams was in the 11s. But you said something – I remember one of the first times I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I've ever thought of that. I mean, this is early, Bill, early, Bill. And there's always, there's always this assumption, though – and it was kind of just accepted. I remember just being in college and, you know, talking about it when Jordan took those two years off. It's like, oh, well, if he hadn't taken those years off, he would have just won eight titles in a row. And you're like, yeah, probably. Yeah, because he was the best. And then you think, nah. and you pointed out, and you're like, if it weren't for those two years off, I don't think you just pencil him in for the other three. And I totally believe that. And I, especially I, when you think of the third title, the, the tank's on empty for everybody. It's yeah. too hard. Um, next topic. What do we make of how the Sixers look without Embiid? Because the the everybody who is a believer of, I don't think Embiid and Simmons should be on the same team. I would love to see Simmons on his own team where he's basically the main ball handler, the pseudo center. Everything goes through him. 
he can just clog the lane by himself. There's not a second big guy there. All of these things we wondered what they would look like. And now they're coming to fruition because Embiid got hurt. And it makes me wonder, is there a scenario where they would trade Embiid? I don't mean to say this in the hot take. Coming up next. I'm I'm really serious about this. Like, <laughs> should they trade Embiid? Would they be better off if they got some superstar back for him or a star or two huge pieces and just built the team around Simmons? I would like, if it's okay, to pat myself on the back uh, a smidge, okay. just a tiny bit. Okay. Just amongst you, you know, guys. self promoter. Massage so yeah. chair. You want to put? Oh my want, god! Want to put the Balinese on, or you want the stretch? <laughs> the, the Balinese is strong. <laughs> um, I went to Wizard Sixers in November, sat, watched that game intently and intensely, and was so underwhelmed by Embiid's um, intensity. Yeah, that I was I I was texting you guys, and I had to. Chris Ryan was on it. We had to have a Philly guy in the text thread. He was bad. We he got kicked out of the text thread. Bill was like, "All right, enough of you. You're not." I think we I think we were coming in too hot for him. He's, he he just didn't know. He took it. Took like the first hot night we had. It took him like forty eight hours to go. Whoa. He I don't even think he responded. I think he, he did. Was yeah, just he like, did. How do I get out? Yeah. He, he just how do I get out of this text thread? He wanted the exit. <laughs> so ramp. we kicked him out. <laughs> Poor Chris Ryan. Bill was just like, you're not ready. He has higher standards than us. But I I said, if if to me, having watched this and how with the body of evidence, this this is in November of 2019. If if it's irreconcilable between Simmons and Embiid, and and it may not be. Like at some point, they need to try somebody other than Brett Brown as the architect of this thing. So who knows? But if if you're going to be in this mode, and Brett Brown's your guy then one of those two guys has to go because they, they have had lots of time to figure it well, out. We felt that way last year. I know. They but had, Brad Brown's a great guy. Embiid, all... So I added it up. Embiid has played in 189 of a possible 454 games. Wasn't it like 30 of the first 240? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, to be fair. That, I'm just giving you numbers. He missed like most of the first two seasons. Just, he's most of the, Well, yeah. I mean, he almost... The rookie of the year thing, people were like, we're really going to give it to this guy. He's third year in the league. He played 30 <laughs> games. Are you I'm frustrated just, right just, now? I, I feel like you're frustrated. No, I'm just reading you numbers. And, you know, we've seen this over the years with big centers that carry a lot of weight that have had, a, had some health issues already that are young, that we see the talent and you see them on the right night and you're like, that guy's one of the three best guys in the league. And then they're not there anymore. This latest hand injury was a little flukier than the usual one, but... You know, you think of Yao Ming, you think of Bill Walton, you think of Smiths, just anybody over a certain size or height, how risky is it? Like, I look at Simmons, I'm like, that dude's, that dude's going to be playing. I'm not worried about him sticking around for the next 10 years. I, you can get 80 to 100, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. Whereas the Embiid, it's like, would you be selling high if you explored it at this point? And here's the caveat. They absolutely love him in Philly. I would say he's probably the most popular athlete in the city. and Behind Nick Foles. And I think Simmons is clearly <laughs> less popular than him. And it would be it would be risky to trade him, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, it would be because, you know, I, I don't know how much you guys remember about one of my all-time screw-ups before that Sixers team, like, put this thing together. 
yeah. and everybody was picking for the playoffs. I was like, normally teams like this aren't good. Young teams that have never played before aren't good, and they were really good defensively. And that's in the 18 playoffs when they lost to the Celtics when I thought it was a series they should have won because they had the two best players. Embiid missed the first two years and then 31 games in. So as this was all coming together and he was coming up on an extension, I, I talked to some other teams about it. I'd be like, wouldn't you have to at least explore because like whose whose story starts with hey remember that center who missed the first two seasons of his career and then only played thirty one games in his first season like and then now he became the seventh best player of all time right and now he's just going to be healthy for the rest of his life yeah like that's not a bet that I normally would think and then when Woj came out with the details of the contract remember there was stuff in there some language about you know if it's a pre existing injury versus a new injury some of the stuff that they could do he's due ninety plus million in the next three years. I love Embiid. So even when I suggested, I think that you'd have to explore it because of the start of his career health-wise. Like, I got killed for it. But yet, the same thing is, like, he's one of my favorite players to watch because when it's right, it's incredible. Me too. So I don't I think... I adore him. I, but this Ben Simmons run and Player of the Week and all this stuff, this isn't, this isn't new, right? Like, everybody's known this other than Sixers fans that I think just get annoyed that everybody else in every other city wants to break up their team. But we want to break up your team... Because it's not that the Sixers are better without Embiid. It's just that those two guys, it's one of the worst fits of two special talents in the league. And this isn't new. I've, I've said it. We've all said That's it, right. I think, for a year for, plus. Yeah. Like, it just screams in your face, though, when you see them without each other. Because, really, your point guard wants his best offensive motion is either in transition or sealing guys on these switches where he kills people because he's so much bigger. So, really... Like I was laughing about the Warriors thing where I go, imagine Simmons playing the five with on the Warriors. Yeah. Oh. And maybe you'd have to move some other pieces around. And that was just like being excited yeah. because things would be open and he could actually play where he feels comfortable instead of this thing where he and Embiid are just running into each other all the time. And so. they're five feet or less near each other on the biggest possessions of the game, like that rewatchables we did about Toronto Philly. And two two thoughts on on that. I think the the way that they constructed this team this year is is a transition team. Like the Richardson addition and, and extending Toby at the exclusion and by the of way, Jimmy Butler. They're discovering a bench here. Thibel's been incredible for a yeah. guy who couldn't shoot. Right. And Corkmus is <laughs> Corkmus smaller in person. Um oh. but but they're actually like there's more depth on this Sixers team. And then you keep looking up and you're like, what? We're the five? We're the six seed? Like, that's a joke. Right. That's a joke. That's but right. I don't know if it's all on Brett Brown. And I just, I think if they have a bad exit, if they have a bad exit in the playoffs this year, which they're fully capable of doing. It's yet, a blow it up. I, I don't know why you'd give it a fourth year where, like, like I'm not trying to act like a GM on no, this. So I don't know why anybody else wouldn't see this. My question is, when is the first time? And I haven't. You know, I'll, I'm open-minded. I'd love to see um, the stories, if there are stories out there about efforts to to, to um, work on this. Please point me to them. When are we going to see Embiid in the best shape of his life? When is that going to happen? We, we seems like we have this conversation like every five months. There was a stretch where it happened, but I think it was just people were writing about it. So I mean, so I went through everybody's roster because I don't, I don't think you can trade Embiid unless you get another top. 20 top 15. I went into this saying no off the bat, by the way, trading Embiid, just for the record. So I was thinking about Indiana because I really enjoy watching Indiana. I think they're good. And the irony of them being good right now is Victor Oladipo hasn't played a game yet. And Victor Oladipo, before he got hurt, I would say was one of the top 12, 13 contracts or assets in the league. And he's on a pretty good contract. So it got me thinking, if Indiana offered... Oladipo and Miles Turner to Philly for 
Embiid and maybe Josh Richardson, maybe some contracts, whatever. But the, those three were in the trade together. What would Philly do? Where you could basically replace Embiid with Oladipo. Oladipo could be kind of your creator with Simmons. And now you have this fast, awesome team. I don't know. I'd have to have like a three-hour meeting about it to try to figure it out. You're you're a little less bullish on this. Well, first, the first part is the the record zag of like what people don't want to trade Simmons now. You want to trade Embiid because Simmons had a good. I think week. Simmons is harder to trade. I think from a contract standpoint and just in general, he's almost like I. I they're totally different guys, but like how Lamar Jackson. They had to create a specific type of offense so he could be awesome. And he was awesome. I feel like Simmons is like that. I, I would want Simmons. I would build a whole team around all the stuff he's good at. And I think I could build a really great team with they're him. They're kind of close to that right now, by they're, the way. With what we're watching now, they're pretty close. If the point guard was better, like it's like NATO and freaking Trey Burke. But if you put somebody really good Just in that spot on for those guys. Jazz players right I know, there. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> You're not sorry. XM next. I think Simmons could be a really special player on a team that just says everything, every decision we make is for Ben Simmons. I think he could be great. I mean, we already know the defense. You know the intensity. He brings it every night. I love how hard he plays. And, you know, he takes heat sometimes because in these, KOC just crushed him a couple of weeks ago. About, because he'll, he won't know what to do offensively if somebody's playing really good defense. But at the same time, they're putting him in a position to fail. I'm not sure that's his fault. No, this is, this is, again, it's not designed well because it, it's unfortunate. It's like it's bad for these two guys' basketball's lives that they ended up with each other. They just are like, it's it's You're honestly right. like the worst fit of any two talented guys. I'm trying to think when, remember. it's almost like Samson and Olajuwon, I think would is be another like, example, right? Or Mello and Iverson on the Nuggets. Well, Iverson was at the tail end though. Yeah, but he didn't know that. I think Samson and is a good, <laughs> yeah, he obviously did know. <laughs> I think Samson Lajuan's a good one because Samson then had to play power forward. It it brought out all, even though it but looked at least awesome in that one playoff. Like, you could you would actually set up your offense with like guys on blocks. True, which sounds insane. No, but now. it made him think he wasn't a center, which is what he wanted all along. Samson was always, I can I can yeah. dribble the ball up court, and it's like you're seven four. Get near the fucking basket. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and I think it accentuated a bad habit for him. And then he had knee problems. It didn't matter, but. He ended up on House's bullets at some point. Everybody ends up on the bullets <laughs> at some point. I mean. <laughs> uh, hold on. We're going to take a break and then uh, come back. Hey, if you're one of the 26% of U.S. adults that is online constantly or almost constantly, you may want to ask yourself what you are sending and receiving online every day. Even if you only use password-protected Wi-Fi, cyber criminals may be able to hack your connection and steal your personal information. That's why you need Norton Secure VPN. It's seamless. Just install, log in once, let it run in the background. Use it with your PC, Mac, or mobile device. Whether you're sending or receiving information over Wi-Fi, it uses bank-grade encryption to hide what you're doing. While connected, Norton Secure VPN blocks companies from tracking your online activity and blocks those annoying ads that seem to follow you around on the internet. Help mask your online activities and location with the no-log VPN. Get it right now. Go to norton.com slash VPN Simmons, VPN Simmons. Production starts at 333 a month for the first year with annual enrollment. Norton.com slash VPN Simmons. Terms apply. Um, so right. go over the trade again. Like, give me this, give me the Bill Simmons from both sides here. 
the trade is like if Embiid and Oladipo are centerpieces of the trade, what else needs to happen? You know, and then it's like, well, why would I want Embiid if I have Sabonis? Because Sabonis is somebody who's going to come up when we do the all-star pick. This is why I don't feel like there's a fit for him. Um, now, Phoenix was like, hey, we'll talk about maybe Aiton. And that still doesn't solve this fundamental problem of how do we get an awesome guard for Joel Embiid? I don't, unless Portland's never putting Lillard on the table, and I'm not sure that makes sense for either side. McCollum's not good enough. You go through everybody, and it's like, eh. I'd like to see. There's no way this happens. I'd love to see Embiid in Golden State with Steph. I think, I mean, this is impossible. This is just dream talk nonsense. But I think the best version of Embiid needs to be uncovered by a forward-thinking franchise I mean, God bless the Sixers for put him in amazing shape, and, yes. every, and then a year yes. from now, was, I can't. So the whole point is, this is moot. The one team that would have traded for him, and Bradley Beal fucked it up by signing this contract that where he literally can't get traded. But an Embiid Beal trade would have been th- that's something. Just more shooting, and the thing is, then you slide Horford as your main center, and Horford is actually kind of the perfect center to play with Simmons. With Simmons and now it's like, all right, now we have right. a, something that makes Basically, sense. Basically, what we're talking about here is unlocking Simmons in a way the Bucks, the Bucks unlock Giannis. Yes, that's true. Where yes. you're going, I'm just putting shooting everywhere. It's always stretch five. Hell, our, you know, although they're back up stretch five, it's not really the same thing. By the thing, way, would, but, would Giannis be as good playing with Embiid? Of course not. No. And not this isn't really even a knock on any of the guys. It's just right. like, look, should, you, we're just talking you, styles. You can't yeah. be in my way all the time. That's right. right. And you can't be a post guy where you're being fed by a point guard that nobody respects. And then like, the other so problem this, is this, it's like, well, how about if I go 25 feet from the basket and, and the other team's going, great, please, you should do that. Please, please. Please go far away from the basket. We can't guard you. The other problem with Oladipo, because like my first well, instinct Oladipo here is coming is, up is, a big injury, right. though. That's the other thing. It's that, and he's got a year left on the contract. So now you're like, okay, so is there any chance that Oladipo gets here and goes, I'm not into this, and we traded. And the best part about Embiid is on the best nights, he looks like the best player in the league. So if you're there, – there's two different conversations. One's the quick one where you go, you know what? We know we have some issues here with how these guys stagger each other. And I've, I don't have the numbers, but I've been, I track it every now and then when I watch their games. Brett Brown, I believe – and I looked at some of the 82 game stuff, is splitting up their minutes within a game better than he ever has before. I mean, that's that's what my eyes are telling me in some just basic research. I'd so love you, to dig deeper into So he's into finally it. getting better at coaching in year <laughs> yeah. eight. But then when you're closing the game, a playoff game, and it's those last minutes where he does this kind of Embiid sub where he takes him out late and then brings him back in late. The, the easiest part of this is just, no, we're not doing this. The guy's too good. There's no version of the return that we feel like we're good, even if we don't like the match. If they lose in the first or second round this year in the playoffs, then I think ownership would go. Is there, do we, do we, can we really roll this all back for year four? And I wouldn't what blame them. What if Minnesota calls and says, Towns for Embiid, you 15 minutes? I would do it in a heartbeat. For Philly? Yes. You hate Towns. I, he's he's uh, in an unfair situation. What? What's going on? <laughs> you, you've killed Towns for two years. I I agree. Um, I'm I'm coming to the uh, you know again. I'm an open-minded fellow. I think the stink of w- the Wiggins, <laughs> the Wiggins stench, the w- what Wiggins represents, and and the 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 noose around Towns' neck. I don't think we we've seen we've like we've seen the seventy-five percent version of what Towns can do. Well, that- I was watching Wiggins the other night. He was really aggressive. And I was like, noted, <laughs> aggressive Wiggins. You gave him a green check mark. That was the night where I tweeted out that Towns would be 
vote for me all first NBA. Let's talk about that. That was next to my agenda. You said he was first team all NBA miserable or all miserable. (laughs) All all miserable NBA. Yeah. I don't know. I have a more shop in it still. So first team is Towns, Bradley Beal. Towns' face, his entire face, the whole game is incredulous. Like just this sucks. And I like he it, the refs the teammate thing, it's it's and I like Towns, but it, the pouty level with Towns, I was I watched a full T Wolves game the other night. I was like this because he just got back right, and I'm like, this guy's face is just I hate everything. Like that's just how he looks. Was the it, whole I'm time. gonna do one of Rosillo's favorite tricks. I'm gonna name drop a book I just read. <laughs> <laughs> you love nothing more. Bob Iger's book, which I thought was very good. He has a whole section about how the leader has to set the tone from a personality standpoint. And one of the things he learned as he took over Disney and became the guy. You reading this now? Any reason? Uh-huh. It's a good book. Did you decided to become I'm a reading good leader? 75 books this year. I didn't talk to you about this. No, you did. Yeah, my 75 book odyssey. Um, so I'm reading about Bob Iger and his the personality and once he realized pessimism is a bad quality for a leader and stay optimistic and all that. And I'm thinking like, how many basketball players just do the opposite of this? Towns is number one to me. Towns, you watch Minnesota games and he just gives off the vibe of like, this sucks. I wish I wasn't here. I wish, I wish my agent had told me to sign that contract. How is that going to affect the other guys in the team? Guess what? Badly. Badly. I agree. This is rocket science. And you, you think about the difference with the Celtics. What time is it? I guess it took to the 34-minute mark for Kyrie to come up. The difference of Kyrie last year and Kemba this year, and Kemba's just an awesome, awesome teammate and an awesome leader. And between him and Smart, the whole personality of that team is transformed. They're not going to win the title, but it's a happier team. It's not even close. It's not even close. It, it's so much happier. And it's not, yeah. it's not an accident. Like this basketball thing, like we were really early on this, and and I liked some of the stuff that we've done on this where it's we were talking about some of the NBA ratings problems and I'm not even sure it's the right answer. It was just me, you know, thinking of a theory where you go, is it the unlikable star, the unlikable star of today's game where, you know, Westbrook, and I'm not even talking about his disastrous Monday game when they blew the lead to the Lakers on Saturday. And his whole thing was, well, I have a family and that's what comes first and none of this matters. And I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And then Kyrie's whole thing where he can't help. I mean, that guy fucks it up every time he really he cannot why? i mean he's it's impossible like if he was a pr firm they wouldn't have one client they would just go like what are we doing like we might as well just light ourselves on fire um there was an article but, today about uh uh new york daily news saying how stop saying the nets are better without Kyrie. that's absurd i was like i've literally read this article in boston a year ago yeah, we and I used, to try to like, I used to try to argue against it in Boston a little bit, and I didn't really like them. And I'd be yeah. like, okay, that's still ridiculous. Yeah, like, the close of tight really games, like- and you know, you need somebody who's a creator like him. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute, it's already happening in the next place. And, and to the, the larger point here is that you go, okay, so what, what are we doing now? We're doing this, I think, therefore I am mode on like, we lose a game, I'm a max guy. And the fans are pissed and we're underperforming and I'm a shitty leader and I bum everybody else out. But hey, like I'm a man. We share the same blood. And you're like, yeah, just show up to fucking work, man. Like I, like I would love anybody listening right now, you know, any writer late, in the locker room, no, but anybody in any industry. And we all have somebody to answer to and just have it be like, hey, did you not show up to work for three days? Hey, look, 
you know, this is great, but like I'm family first. And, you know, I like we are all sharing the same galaxy. So just remember that next time I don't show up to work. Well, especially you have fans paying to watch you perform. And then you're like, this stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. <laughs> it's like, like, well, I wish you told me that for I spent three hundred hours on tickets and twenty five for parking, and I gave it to my son. Like, hey, as we're his gonna pay you present. forty million a year. Are you gonna have like this existential moment in a couple of years where you just think like none of this matters? Yes, I have another theory actually <laughs> on the ratings. Okay, I thought about this. It's it's a half baked take. It's not a hottest take. This is not for Spotify. Hottest take is where I go and complain about dogs on airplanes, which I'm very passionate about. This is Are like you anti-dogs on airplanes. Yeah. Unless it's like a, like it, unless a it's like a service, service dog. Well, I'm convinced 90% of those service dog certificates are fake. Oh, they're, they're yeah. hundred percent. It's one of the yeah, there's things. No, yeah. Yeah, you there's just no, get any doctor, you know, and be like, this person needs yeah. a dog. And then you get yeah. to travel with your dog. Right. And guess what? Like if everybody got notes and, and we had 300 dogs on the plane, guess what? It would suck. But well, I had you, 11 coming back from Boston. Dog. 11 dogs. 11 dogs on did one airplane. Did you count it? I did. I was outraged. That's when you know you're pissed. And as you know, I have dogs. Um, here's my take. It's half baked. Did you see that Goldsberry did a shot chart? Yeah. Of, of 10 years what ago. What basketball is now versus what basketball is 10 years ago. And there were all these clumps, like it was 10, the 10 baseline feet on the, the baseline, baseline shot. Yeah. And all of those shots are now gone. And I'm just thinking like, maybe people don't like the threes that much. Maybe when they watch basketball, it's basically a three point shooting contest and the casual fans there's so much variance from game to game. And like we were watching last night, Celtics Lakers. Celtics are up 27 in the third quarter. And I'm like, the Lakers could come back. They're just going to start shooting threes. This is how Trey Young gets half his stats. They have the clutch stats. They don't have, I want to see Trey Young's garbage type stats because he's, well, he's, that, he's like Will Chamberlain when you're down 20 with four minutes left. I'm well, just going to shoot every left, time. It starts halfway through the first quarter is garbage time in Atlanta. But it's I just, mean, they're, it's, <laughs> They're so even San Antonio is going to take over 33s this year. And guess what? Maybe fans are kind of getting bored of just watching three pointers constantly. Yeah, coming from from a, a mega media superstar, Thank I'm you. really I'm really surprised. I I don't. This is why I said it was half. It's not about. I don't think but maybe it, people don't like the product as much. I, is that possible? No, I don't think so. I don't think it has anything to do with the product. I, think I agree it's how with people you. What consume yes. media. I, how do people consume media? I won him over. I already won Rosillo over. I was just waiting. I was waiting because you want to know why? Because I watched the end of that Warriors Trailblazers game last night where it was Lillard bad. goes for 60. It, if, no, no, not, I'll say less than 5% of the people that are NBA were up still watching that game. I wasn't going to watch it. And then I was like, all right, it's six minutes because I was writing out all this Dwight Howard bullshit. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we're taping a Dwight I, Howard podcast later. I go, all right, I'm going to watch this. And it was exciting and it was horrible. It was horrible, horrible basketball. I mean, I think Gary Trent Jr., he pulled up 10 times for three. He's played in like less than 50 career games, and Gary Trent Jr. is taking 10 threes in a game. He went one for 10. Lillard was incredible. He always is. But it turned into Lillard's like, I don't have McCollum. Like part of it was like, hey, you know what this is? Portland tonight is Houston every night. Where like, hey, Lillard, you're everything. You're every high screen decision. You're yeah. every single decision, every single time. And then it's like, well, Lillard could do that too. And that's why I think other players look at Harden going, look, he's great. But if you're going to let me run that, you don't think Steph would get 50 every single night if he wanted to do what Harden did? Like, of well, course he would be able to. But I think this is why I, I like, just don't think it's fun. This is why I like watching Philly, as we've discussed before. 
They're fucking weird. I like weird basketball teams. I feel like weird basketball has gone out the window and teams that don't totally make sense and have a little different feel to them. I think the Celtics are a kind of weird team, right? They're built around these wings that attack and shoot threes. They're at least a little bit different than just like, all right, whoever gets the ball over midcourt is going to shoot. It's like to me, Atlanta, people think Trey Young is fun to watch and uh, Trey Young's dad will probably come after me. I fucking hate watching Atlanta. That's not basketball. That's the pickup basketball that you and I would be like, we don't want to play with that fucking guy. Well, it's not on the I, offensive I don't end. Want any part Atlanta of that. Except they never get, they, Atlanta would never run it back because they lose every time. <laughs> yeah. And when it's when it's 95-95 with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the other team's like, okay, do you want to win this now? And that's what happens at the end. They're the worst. I'll look it up again, but they're the worst fourth but, quarter. They're, they're brutal. Trey Young's the guy you're playing pickup with. It's a game to 11. You're down nine to two. And then he makes like four threes in a row and brings you back, but you still lose. And then he feels great. And everybody's like, ah, we're sitting out for the next 20 minutes. I don't really feel as good. Plus you shot every time. And I don't blame like Golden State for being desperate. They're a 10 and 35 team. Yeah. But in that game against Portland, it was D'Angelo Russell. Okay, he got shut off. All right, well, let me just run behind who I pass it to and you hand it back off to me. It was like, it was like D'Angelo Russell like playing darts where it was just, just keep giving me dart. I mean, this analogy sucks, but um, it, it, like nothing was, none of it was basketball. It was just, how can we get Russell a dribble into a three? Well, can you imagine? And he was like, look, he had 27. Well, imagine but, in football. Cause we've seen, I think Joe Flacco basically ran this offense once where you just basically throw it downfield and either guy catches it or you're making a pass interference. And sometimes it's effective. And Mahomes quenches the KC game the other day, just heaves it downfield and gets an interference. Imagine if every NFL team played that way. And they were like, we've done all the math. It makes more sense to just throw the ball downfield 50 yards every play. And here are the outcomes. The guy can either catch it, there's pass interference, it's incomplete, or it might be an interception. But we're just going to do this play after play after play. Would people like football as much? Like you still in football, you have like, oh, it's cool. The Tennessee Titans. This is weird. I haven't seen this. They're just going to run Derrick Henry and do play action. Cool. Or the what the the weird Patriots offense with Tom Brady with like the Jenga stack of like there's variance. And in basketball, we're starting to lose the variance. And I really honestly believe it's one of the reasons people feel like they don't need to watch the games as much because there's just fucking three point contests. I disagree with you guys. Okay. I think there is enough variance. I think the character of of the best teams in the league is super varied. I love the Miami Heat. I think they're incredible. I think Bam. I like watching too. I like watching. Well, so think of the fun. teams, that, right? But think about the teams we like to watch. Miami. Think of the league pass winners. Miami. I really like watching Indiana. That's a weird team. Sabonis is an atypical player that the most Knicks. people don't have. Knicks have just a bunch <laughs> of interchangeable parts. <laughs> the Sixers with Simmons have been really fun to watch. I think the Celtics have been fun to watch. Utah, when Conley went out, all of a sudden it was really fun to watch. It's like they're running their offense through Joe Joe Ingles yeah. and Bogdanovich, and what this is fucking working. What's happening? So the Clippers when they have all their dudes. These I like watching the, teams. the Thunder and Paul like going from, you know, hey, we don't want to play you all the time to him the busting another his one. ass and then Shea and then this. Multiple like, guards. They were down 15 to the Rockets and, and you could see, I don't know, there was just something about that. I, I So I'm you think about, so those are seven teams we like watching. I'm not saying basketball is dead. I'm just saying, I wonder if it's one of the reasons where people just feel like it's the regular season. 
everyone's just jacking up threes. I don't need to watch. And people are going to say, well, well, that's how I've always felt about the regular season. Yeah, but the numbers are the numbers, and the numbers are down. The ratings and, are down, and, and it's, football, it's a real thing. Your football suggestion, you're right. Like, that would suck. That would suck to sit at home and watch every team just chuck it deep every time, hoping to get a flag. Or, I don't know, maybe people would think it's fun because of all the deep passing plays, but as you sit there and like, speculate like a what if, you already have that result in baseball. Like, and, and like, it, no, but think, but think about it. Like, hey, I'm going to watch baseball. Okay, what's going to happen? The ball's never going to be hit in play. <laughs> right. Never. Well, think about how many high screens you watch on like MLK Day yesterday. There's 14 games. It's just how many high screens and threes versus other kind of shit. I like the other kind of shit sometimes. And I, I think I think we're gradually starting to lose it. And you can have a team like the Wizards with nobody who can just shoot 48 threes in a game and beat a team that's way better than them. That's why I think it's amazing what Milwaukee's doing. Because there's so much variance from game to game now with these threes. And anybody can just go 20 for 44 and stay in a game no matter what the talent is. And game after game, Milwaukee's just eliminating that. The opponents, I think, are shooting like 41% against them this year, which is a crazy number. Like, if they're almost below 40. I just want... I, I, it feels very hard to me to be doing year by year comparison on the numbers are down because TV is like, what's TV? Like, you know, there, there's an existential thing so I've, going I've on. I've heard here. this argument. I even made it and was corrected. Live sports is not down. That's, that's the confusing part of this. Football is not down. Football is the same as basketball, basically, where it's been done the same way every year with the same nights and all that stuff. Well, and, no, I wouldn't compare basketball to football, though. I mean... But college football's not we down? We know more than anybody. Football doesn't bear on this. The, we know more than anybody, better than anybody, how you can consume basketball through multimedia. And there's no way to capture that. Like, I watch basketball... There might be, it might be on TV, it might be on a computer, it might be on my phone. How are they tracking that? And how does that compare True. to five years ago? So I, people, I can just watch it on Twitter. People are as invested and attentive as ever with the NBA, but I'm not sure it's translating to people sitting down and watching it in for front five of a hours. TV. Like, and I think I've read that? plenty of arguments that convinces me that over 50% of the people constantly talking about the NBA don't watch any of the games. Or like or, looking down at their fucking Twitter feed right. instead of actually watching the game. Or you don't notice things. Like the, the Trey Young argument to me, like Atlanta fans are going to get so mad about it. I'm like, how do you watch this team 82 games and not come to the same conclusion that everybody else does? That this isn't, this isn't, this is bad. It's like he's 29 and nine. It's and like he, they're 10 and 34. Who cares? Um, you know, Michael Adams on the Denver Nuggets one year. Yes. He averaged like 30 a game. It's like, we all knew it didn't matter. It was like, well, that team sucks. Of course, somebody's got to score points. It has to be more than a year for me to get too worked up about it. But the argument about all the different ways to consume it, that's that doesn't help this declining rating argument, like not helping the NBA, is that the NBA, like, look, anybody that's ever been in the ratings game, and this is always one of the things about being at ESPN, where you'd see like a press release on another show that you knew wasn't doing well, and the way it would be phrased, you're like, oh, they're into this show. Like they're super invested, fastest growing, or they pick one demo. We're like, like this is you know homeless people can't turn us off. <laughs> like what is going on here? And that would always kind of be the internal thing. Is like a guy who was on air with his own show where you'd be like, okay, like the decision makers are super into the show because of the way they frame this. So whenever it's games, right? Whenever it's games, it's the biggest audience since if the ratings went down because more people have TVs, the population keeps going up. So you should have more total viewers. You should have more, like the total number should always go up. But whenever 
I think about the, well, they're streaming, there's, there's all these different highlight feeds and all, but the NBA would be telling us, you know what I'm saying? Like the NBA would find a way to include that to number, to brag about it, to add it all up to one big massive number. And still having said that, I'm not going to freak out about the NBA ratings and a dip post golden state and all this stuff until well, then, then, I, I got to see it for a couple years before I believe it's like now a declining product. Golden state, LeBron leaves a small market team to go to a team that got ratings anyway. And Houston is unwatchable for I, to 90% of the people. It's like they're Houston's a signature team that people don't like watching. They just don't. No, I'm telling you, man. I mean, I watched so many Rockets games over the last few years because they're always on. You know, yeah. You got a good record. It's a big market. You know, Harden's a star. And then you got Paul there. Then you add the Westbrook thing to the curiosity. I don't, I watched their last two games and I was like, yeah, like I actually think, <laughs> I know this sounds nuts. This is going to be me and my anti Houston thing. I think the Rockets being on too many nationally televised games could lead to part of the dip. And I would add New Orleans and Zion. New Orleans was just on all the time with well, I mean, no Zion. And then true, Golden State with no Curry. It's, it's bad Those luck. Those three things are bad. This season. So, so they, they have three teams that are featured in, in a, an inordinate number of national broadcasts that are kind of unwatchable. That was my argument talking about this to somebody. The only reason I think there's some real smoke here is the league is fucking freaking out about it. Well, what what's the... They're freaking out. And this whole thing about we've decided not to vote on the calendar. That whole we're changing stuff. We might have a tournament. That was all single-handedly generated by Silver to throw people off the scent of this ratings thing. The, if you talk to people that actually run NBA teams, they're like, we don't... That story dropped. They were like, where the fuck did this come from? We talked about this two months ago and we tabled it. And now, and now they've turned this into this... It's like a stern move. Because he just wanted people talking about stuff other than what happened to NBA ratings? Why are they down? What happened? Uh, we're going to talk about NBA. I'll start one second. We're going to take one more break. Hey, with the new year officially here and everyone vowing to restrictive resolutions, Pepsi wants to usher in the new decade a bit differently by encouraging everyone to unapologetically do what you enjoy, even in the face of others' judgment. Pepsi encourages you to let loose, be yourself, and live your life. Like nobody's watching. This is what Joe House does. Joe it, House doesn't eat lunch. He doesn't eat breakfast. He might have like a juice or a creamy soup or something, but nothing, no solid foods. And then guess what he enjoys? Overeating at dinner. And living life in the face. Yeah. You know what? I don't judge him. It's just what he does. He likes to overeat. I watched him eat three and a half dinner plates of just everything that was in my fridge yesterday, including Chris Ryan's turkey club sandwich that was mistakenly delivered to my house instead of this office. And the and, leftover John and Vinny's pizza, which yeah. was absolutely delicious. You know what? I didn't judge anything you did. Pepsi, that's what I like. Okay. We're doing the East All-Stars. I think there are three locks. Now, what's weird is you pick the All-Star teams and then it, they get thrown into like a blender with this whole... Um, Giannis and LeBron just picking, picking their that, own teams. But I, my favorite part is seeing the player votes, who they vote for. Yeah, when is that going to happen? I can't wait. It comes out soon, doesn't it? I'm excited. Yeah. East All-Stars. I think Kemba is a lock. You went with him first. Well, no, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm, I, know, I went I guard to center. I know, I'm just messing with you. 22, four and five. Splits are good. He's had a good impact on the Celts. They're winning, et cetera. I think Giannis is a lock. Some Giannis stats. Well, he's 30-13-5 and five right now, 55% shooting, 32.9 PR, which would probably be a record. Uh, the thing that's incredible about him is the per 36. 
He is playing 30.8 minutes a game. He is probably going to play less than 2,400 minutes this season. And he's putting up a 30-13 and five and a half in 30.8 minutes a game. If you're talking about per 36 numbers, the only guys who are better than Giannis's per 36, which is 35 points a game, are 1962 Wilt, he averaged 37, and James Harden's last two years. And that's it in the history of basketball. He is basically averaging a point a minute, and it's absurd. And now you could say, well, part of the reason is because he can go all out in those 31 minutes. I'm just pointing out it's never, there's no history of this ever happening. By the so, way, he'd be he'd be beating Wilt in Wilt's two years, 62, 63, 61, 62, with a PER of 31.8, 31.7. Jordan's fourth all-time at 31.7. LeBron's fifth at 31.7. And Giannis is almost at 33. He's almost a point higher than Wilt's all-time PER. And then you throw in the Bucks. They're 39 and six now or 38 and six. Yeah, 39 and six plus 12.7 points. They're averaging almost 120 points a game, which has kind of gone under the radar. That's like insane. Uh, they make 14 threes a game. And as I said earlier, the opponent's field goal is 41%, which is a staggering number to me. So I think he's the lock. And also he's a captain, so we know he's locked. And then Siakam <laughs> would be the third lock. He's 24 and eight this year. His last three seasons, he averaged 7.3 points a game. Last year, he was 16.9. And this year, 24.2. I don't really remember an NBA player over the course of three years basically three and a half times his scoring average, like without some crazy injury or something. Uh, but I want to point this out. Kawhi last year was 27-7-3. and three, only played 60 games. Um, Siakam and Green together... We're 27, 11, and five. Yeah, they had a great record last year without Kawhi. Yeah. This year, Powell and Ananobi are 27 and 10. They've basically been able to figure out how to replace Siakam and Green stats from last year with Powell and Ananobi. And then Siakam's giving them 90% of Kawhi's stats. And people are like, how is Toronto this good? It's like, it's math. They, they, they've figured out how to replace all the numbers from last year. Playoffs will be a different story, but, but for it's regular a, season, it's not just math. Like Siakam continuing to improve in in by exponents is is also part of this. Well, and the fact that Powell has turned into like a real guy now. Powell went bananas. In I don't understand game. it. Yeah, uh, their their depth of guys that can get you a bucket is something that you know we've been talking about now for a year plus, but it's incredible. So you have he, Siakam as a lock. Yeah, because of the forward thing. And then my other two, and then you guys can weigh in. I have Simmons as the other guard. Simmons is now 16, 8, and 9. He leads the league in steals. Um, I went on NBA.com. They have all those super dorky stats. Leads the league in loose balls recovered. Second in deflections. Those are two great stats because they confirm the eye test of when you watch Philly games, you're like, God damn it, Ben Simmons is all over the place. And it's like, Oh, yeah, here are some stats that actually prove that he's actually all over the place. On NBA.com, they have this hustle stats. So I have him. And then for the last forward spot, for me, it was between Embiid and Sabonis. I went with Embiid. I don't like penalizing guys who are clearly one of the 10 best guys in the league when they're healthy because they got hurt. And I didn't think Sabonis did enough. Embiid was 23 and 12. He's not going to play anyway. Sabonis will get the spot or Adebayo, whoever gets it. So that was my five. What'd you have? Giannis, I put Embiid in there um, just because 
you know, I have I have this weird thing that can kind of contradict itself a little bit. Like I care about games played, but then I, I also I care about are you one of the ten best players in the league? You know, this is kind of what it's for. I don't need somebody who's marginally better than you statistically, who's not thought to be in this neighborhood, getting the nod when when you're good to go. Um, I have Kemba in there. I've got Jimmy Butler in over Siakam. Okay. Um, and then Kyrie's going to be a starter, right? Kyrie's going to be named on the fan vote. Is that true? They'll they'll rig it so that doesn't happen. Okay, but just right now, like the the fan vote's going to close. We have. Can we double check this? Can we get it on this? Adam Silver's talking to the Russians right now about maybe maybe rigging. (laughs) Then it's it's Ben Simmons. Then it's Ben Simmons and Walker's your guards, and then I have Butler instead of Siakam with Giannis and Embiid. House same. I had I had Butler in instead of Siakam because Siakam missed a little bit. That's all. Can I make the the case against Butler? Well, and the heat. I mean, the heat need. I, I I'm rewarding. You're gonna my theme. For I'd all like these. to see this heat thing balance out a little bit better on the road. I, I've had this now thing with the heat. As much as I love how interchangeable all their guys are, but uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna give Jimmy credit here. And you know, honestly, Siakam's stats. If I really wanted to nitpick on the starter non-starter thing, and maybe it's the health thing, but they've they've dipped a bit from the beginning of the year. Where you're like, is this guy gonna be a big load? MVP? Yeah. Mm. Um. Here's my case against Jimmy Butler. And I almost had him not on my team at all. What? He disgraced the All-Star game two years ago, and I think that matters. <laughs> he really did. He disgraced it. I, I've already he, forgotten about he it. He took somebody's exactly, spot. Because you know he went to the It's game, forgettable. He went to the game, Who and he's cares? like, I don't feel like playing. I'm not going to do it. I thought that was fucked up. And now it's like, oh, you're a starter. It's like, well, what if he does that again? I don't know. It bothered me. I just what wanted to flag it. What do you mean? Like... His identity is the Heat identity. I mean, the story's That's about... That's fine. I thought he was a dick two years ago, and I didn't make up a starter because of it. But you know what? You're a steward of this game. I am. So I'm a steward. I think that... <laughs> I think that Treat you look... Treat the All-Star at, game with respect. You look at it through the, the lens of a steward. Thank you. Appreciate it. I have Jimmy Butler on my bench as a no-brainer pick. What about Bam? Uh, Jimmy Butler, 27-6. and six. Two really weird just... Basic stats, 9.4 free throw attempts a game. It's absolutely. He's not shooting it great. Uh, this 27% year, from three. Yeah. yeah, I looked it up last night. I was like, Whoa. But I, I love, you know, I love when guys go to the hole. That's it. I love when the free throw attempts are in the nines. I think he's been <laughs> awesome for them. I'm just penalizing him because of what he did two years ago. So he's in there. Chris Middleton, 28 minutes a game, but still putting up the 19 and six. He's almost 50, 40, 90. I think Sabonis has been... A revelation this season. He he's certainly House and I loved him in yeah, college. Yeah. His rebounding we he was numbers. Be good. We You're like, wait, a minute, he's good. he's 18 and 13 every and, game and with assists. Now, whatever's up with that relationship has always been weird too, because it's like, all right, so now I get to start because yeah. you're trying to figure out the Miles Turner thing. Like, I'm I'm now without Oladipo. I don't know. I guess you could argue Brogdon a little bit, but when I watch him, I think Sabonis is the best player. And now with Bogdanovich moving on too, I mean, Sabonis wasn't great in the playoffs or anything like that, but he, I mean, he's looking at it as like, okay, now I get to start. You're still hesitant on the contract thing, whatever. I mean, players, I know it's always frustrating. It's, it's insulting, but you know, just because other guys get the max when maybe they shouldn't, it doesn't mean that every team is just going to pay you a year before they have to. Um, but I, I have Sabonis there as well over Brogdon. 34.1 minutes a game for him. 54%. I think from the eye test, just bounce around a league pass. He's not automatic two points, but 
when they need a basket, like he can really get them a basket. They can run him in screens. A bunch His of hands different are around ways. the rims. Yeah. He gets little putbacks. He's just very present in these crunch times. And I really like him. I've been impressed. Same thing for Adebayo. 16, 11, and five, uh, almost 6% shooting. He's not, a raw, stocks. he's not a raw number guy. He is a turn on the game, watch him and see. I mean, he really is. You don't want to talk about all the different things that like Simmons can do or, or Draymond, but I mean, it really is uh, like a more explosive Draymond. It's, it's nuts. And I think this matters. And I only think there's a couple guys like this. Guys do think about him when they go into the lane. Like Gobert is the best example of this, right? Gobert, we have some stats like you have that they have the under six feet field goal percentage of Against, opponents, right. all that stuff. But you can see it in the games when guys are going around, they're kind of looking around for Bam. And it's funny because he's not like, it's not like he's seven two. He caught a dunk the other day that was behind him and he like stopped in the middle of the air to catch it right. And then was like, okay, now that I have it, I will now dunk it on everybody. And it was all in the air. He and was another guy who was good in college, though. I don't know what happened with him. He just like he it, he wasn't drafted in the top ten. No, it's still I still think it's it's one of those things where you're you're so stuck in the do I can I really get away with this guy like under six ten playing a five and now we've learned anything like you still have to be kind of special. You can't just go hey let's start getting six nine centers in here. Um, how but, about Pop and Miami, cutting him in day two? <laughs> Miami had to run. Team USA had to run. Oh my god. Had to run through the Hassan Whiteside experiment too, right? I mean, Bam's going to win. Uh, yeah, they had to actually make him leave. Yes, and that opened it up for him. Yes, so they're the second best team in the East. When you think about it, they probably should be because they have two of the best players in the East. I, I, I agree. They have two of the best eight. The uh, oh yeah, so those are the nine. So we have nine guys. Okay, so we have nine. So we have Giannis, wh whatever version of. I'm just trying to make sure because it's going to, this was tough. Here so we end. got, so All-Stars, Kemba, Ben Simmons, Giannis, Embiid. You guys went with Butler. I went with Siakam. But you have Butler I have on Butler the team. I Butler on the bench. The Middleton, Sabonis, Adebayo. Three spots left for the following guys. Jason Tatum, 22 and 7. Um, Somebody that I think could actually, I could, if I was going to pick guys whose stats are going to go up second half of the year, he would be on my list because I think he's really starting to put it together. Like he's having some big scoring games. And just in general, I, I've been really impressed by him as a two-way guy. I think his defense is good. If it was between him and Jalen, which I think it's going to be, I would pick uh, Tatum over Jalen. I think he's just a – I think he has a bigger offensive load. I think teams are more worried about him and key on him more. I think his job is harder game to game. And his ability to switch and guard anybody along with Jalen makes the Celtics team good. So I, that would be my case for him. I can't believe I'm saying this, knowing how much of a Tatum guy I've been, but I feel like the peaks and valleys of him this year scare me more than they have his third year in. Fair. And he is more talented than Jalen Brown. The ceiling that is possible, I think, is still beyond what Jalen Brown has been or could be. I think Jalen Brown's been steadier this year. So you go Jalen. I would go Jalen. And I can't believe that's like me so, with my background. But I, I guess I've been just the last month or so. Can I, I agree go, with you and disagree with you though? Sure. <laughs> I think you're right. I don't disagree with anything you just said. I just think Tatum's job is harder. And that was why I gave it to him. I think Jalen has, in general, like he doesn't have to create offense. He doesn't have to deal with the other team's best defender. And 
if he comes and goes in a game, they can survive. And if you want to say, hey, Tatum's played, I would think six more games, then I, I'd be like, hey, look, I can't, I can't counter it's that. It's pretty even. This Both is, of them this can't is, make it. This is very much like my way of looking at them, where I didn't expect as much from you, Jalen. I expect a little more steadiness from you, Tatum. Fair. And so I'm giving it to Jalen, which may seem unfair, but I am. You it, pick, you pick tiebreaker. It, it's house. crazy. I'm going to pick Tatum. Um, because of the flip side of what you just described to me from, you know, as a not a guy that's not invested in watching every single Boston game all the way through um, the peaks and valleys of Tatum are so demonstrably um, shrunk from last year when there was so many more valleys because of how disjointed they were and how uh, what a challenge it was to acclimate to the Kyrie experiment. Uh, I think when I watch Tatum, he is to me like a formidable you know, he's a problem every time they're they're on offense. And then he can run, they can run transition, they can run him in the half court. That flexibility that we saw two years ago, the Kyrie thing, you know, set everybody back in Boston considerably. But I I mean, and I have nothing but love and respect for Jalen Brown. I just think Jason Tatum's a different talent. So Yeah, I, I actually like I'm not gonna disagree with any of that. I might be wrong here, but I, I just I think it's a special twosome. And you know, it's funny to have the Clippers have the finished version of these two guys, right? And when they play the Clippers, it's clear. It's like, oh, the Clippers have the better version of these guys. But yeah, their two guys are like in the top eight of yeah, the yeah. league. And, you know. <laughs> but you look, you look at when the Celtics were going toe to toe with them, and it's like, oh, this is what Tatum and Brown can aspire to. Maybe four years from now, they could be the version of these guys. And I do think it's in play now. I wasn't sure it was in play a year ago. That they the only have reason the best you, wings. The only reason you could ever say because it, it's still pretty lofty to say that out loud is that you're pointing to two of the longer development stars in the exactly. league. Exactly. So you know maybe I Paul just, George for years we were like, is that guy ever going to be able to score? Now he can put up 38 in any game he plays in. And Kawhi, nobody ever in a million years could have guessed the scoring no, from him ever. No, so, even San Antonio. Um, but the two-way thing, I think, is very similar. I think the thing with Tatum that is weird to me is his offensive game. He has all the tools, and he's kind of learning how to finish. Is there anybody, have you ever watched anybody who has more awesome moves and then the layup doesn't go in or the Antoine reverse Antoine Walker. <laughs> well, Antoine, because he was afraid to get fouled. He but was, like, quick shooting it. Tuan got to the rim in more beautiful ways and yeah. never finished. So Tatum, 10th <laughs> spot. I am personally giving the 11th spot to Brogdon, even though he's missed 12 games. Wow. Because um, I just can't go two shitty team guys. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to have to have the Bradley Veal versus Trey Young conversation. By default, one of them are going to have to make it because we just don't have enough guys. Zach Levine, we'll get to him in a second after we pick the team. Brogdon has a real impact night to night on a team that wins and is competing without their best player. And he's been really, really good. In crunch time, he's great. He knows how to make other guys better. And I just, I would rather reward a guy like that than Zach Levine. Sorry, shoot me. I thought that was going to be my like place to distinguish between you guys. I thought there was no way <laughs> oh, you, you guys would do Brogdon. Yeah, Brogdon was going to be my guy because I think him as a as a catalyst for the success of Indiana. And it was you know we sitting down and looking at Indiana's prospects for this season invested so much in 
the the amount of time. When is Oladipo coming back, and when is that team going to have its identity? And Malcolm Brogdon came in and gave them an identity right away. And I watched those first two months of the Pacers. Like he's an All Star. He he's made the leap. I can't believe Milwaukee. You know, uh, it's in, tough in thinking this but through. They're better this year, so maybe maybe they knew. But yeah, look. So fuck. I I want. I like Brogdon's on for me. I was looking at this stat the other day. I found online. I don't know if you know this one. Um, wins. So when a team, that's the two the w, teams right? play, yeah. one team wins, one le- team loses. They <laughs> oh. keep track of this in the in the NBA standings. And the Pacers have 28 wins <laughs> and 16 losses. That's what you call when you lose the game. It's called a loss. Okay. And so there are 28 wins and 16 losses. Has it been adjusted for pace, though? Atlanta has 10 wins and 34 losses. So my hot take is that this matters and right. that, that we should calculate this into our picks. So because I the Kyrie, the Kyrie the thing, like I had Kyrie in because I think he's going to end up getting sell. They're going to put him into this. No, thing. this is our team. Right, we don't right, care about the team. Fan All right. Vote. So if we take Kyrie out, so that means I've got two slots now. And mm. who I had in was Bam, Middleton, Simmons, Jalen, Siakam, Sabonis. My last spot came down to Trey or Tatum. Okay. So I still didn't have Brogdon in. I didn't have Beal in. I didn't have Lowry. I mean, Lowry's, he's missed 10 games. Um, the missed games. He's been okay. He was on the fringe and the missed games, I think, knocked him back. But yeah. he's been, he's had some really good ones. He has. But I, I didn't know. And then Dinwiddie's maybe like the last no, possible. No, 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 no. I'm just no, saying, like, no. to make sure we mention any no. name that's been mentioned. No. Dinwiddie's a no. no. He's a no. Come I'm on. just, I just felt like, you know, I would go the- Devontae Graham over Dinwiddie. Devontae Graham. This is 19 and 8. Leads, leads the, uh, other than Trey, I think he has the most threes in the East. I just would love to see Rogier's tech chain with his buddy. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Just, but Rogier's stats are good too. No, I, know, I, think, I, know, I actually but... think he likes playing. Derek Rose, we should mention, is 18 and 6 in 26 minutes a game. He's not going to be Respect, the All-Star team. He's not. Respect he's not. So, all right. So now it's, it's down to, I could just do this. I could put well. Tatum. We have two spots left. So right. House and I went Brogdon for one. Right. Kyrie's out. We're not. We're not okay. Despite everything, and I know this is going to blow your mind, I would still put Trey on in the last spot. I just be like, whatever. But Brogdon in the eleventh spot. It'd be either. It would probably have to be Brogdon over Beal. Okay. Because Washington. So we're, so we're locking in Brogdon for the eleventh spot. Because then, if I'm arguing Beal, Trey Young. I'm not going to let like a team with 15 wins be like, well, Beal's team wins and Trey's de- like they both stink. I, so I, I don't have a problem with Trey being the last guy. I just don't. I, 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 that pisses me off. This is exactly my argument. I, I'm, I also would put Trey Young in oh, ahead so of you Bradley Beal. Yes. And you, I, and, I have it as and well. And <laughs> too. So, <laughs> so everybody thought everybody was going to come in here. You, you, you go through it. You look through the 12 names. And in that 12th one. And here's why I would say the Trey. The important was, thing is none of us said Zach Levine. Right. But see, <laughs> but this is the point is that Trey Young, it's still very early in this for him. So we can all hold out hope that there's a reckoning of like, hey, you get some better talent around you. You're going to have to learn how to play with like your job as a point guard isn't just to take all these shots too. like other guys going to be a little engaged here. And his passing is so special. Trey's passing is better than Levine's that. Like it still could happen where Levine's like year six looking around being like, why does no one like playing with me? That's why. I also, I mean, I you, you can't just dismiss out of hand that John Collins was suspended for 25 games. Like, you know, part of that little fledgling thing that made us all a little bit bullish about 
the Hawks as the season began. We thought they might threaten to make the playoffs in the East. Yeah. We sat down six, you know, at the beginning of the season for our over under. This is thing. deep. The Wizards are 11th in offensive efficiency and they're not even in the top eight. I had, uh, I looked up on NBA clutch, clutch stats. And what is that? What's a clutch stat? Clutch stats like within five, points. four minutes okay. or left. It's got to be whatever. Yes. Usage rate. <laughs> Zach Levine had the highest clutch usage rate by far. What's but, it at? But the worst, the worst net rating of anyone in the whole thing. It's like, it was just classic. I was like, of course. So Zach Levine is uh, a social media NBA player because he gets into this thing with Boylan, what, two months ago yep. or a month plus. And hey, guess what? Zach Levine made some defensive rotation. Do you think Jim Boylan wants to make up lies and start a fight with Zach Levine? Now, maybe he shouldn't say it to the reporters and Boylan gets frustrated. He's obviously an emotional guy. And then the Levine comes out and hits like a million threes. And then everybody's team Levine. Right. And you go, Zach Levine is perimeter to Marcus Cousins. If you just look at the numbers and Zach Levine shooting it well this year and you go, man, he's really good if he could ever get on a good team. And when you watch Chicago, you go, okay, Markinen's worse. Wendell Carter, who I like, is invisible at times. Kobe White doesn't even pass to anybody, even though he's a point guard. <laughs> and like he was less than two assists per game one month because I was doing game logs for Kobe White. And I, I just look at this whole team and go, like, Levine, there are more NBA fans going, this guy's pretty nasty. And he's athletically, like, he makes Westbrook look slow. That's how special Levine's movements are. Okay, it's But you wouldn't the, want to play with him. But if you go, I think Levine's awesome and it's the Bulls' fault, <laughs> then you're no different than all the people that argued that DeMarcus Cousins was always awesome and that it was Sacramento's fault. So I have the clutch stats for him. He is the highest usage, clutch usage rate. His net rating is minus 12.7. That's in a staggering number. Okay. Donovan Mitchell, 23.3 by contrast. Chris Paul, 22.2. Our guy, Devontae Graham, 13.2. Jokic, 15.4. Um, what's Devin Booker? What's weird is, and, and this, we're going to talk about him in a second, but okay. Brandon Ingram was minus 31.7. Okay. But I think that's more of a New Orleans thing. Um, all right. So all of us have Zach Levine out. All of us have Trey Young in. And for me, it was like, Bradley Beal's team sucks too. So if I'm going guys exactly. whose team sure. sucks compared to sure. team sucks. I'll go with a guy like, look, Trey's still like Trey's a 24. Trey's had some really fun league pass games. P-E-R. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, some of these shots, I can't believe he pulls from them, but the numbers are good. Like they're not, it's not like he's shooting 31% from three and they're all just atrocious shots. Here's what I don't like about it. It's the coach's son mentality of it where it's like the little league team where the coach is like, my son's going to be the pitcher. And when he doesn't pitch, he's going to play short. For he's the Red bat, Sox. He's going to bat just, third. He's just going to get started now. Or, um, or, you know, in soccer, my kid's going to be the high forward. I don't care. Like, the, And everything, I'm going to create this whole offense that feeds through that. That's kind of what Atlanta did with Trey Young. He's the coach's son. It's like every decision we're making is to try to get Trey Young's stats. But it doesn't seem like they're that interested in winning. We can't talk about this without yeah. the, with the John Collins 25 games out. Like, they didn't plan on starting the season well, without been Collins. all over the place with his injuries. Reddish is not looking like the dude. Hunter has had really good moments That's all times, fine, but I want to hear stuff like, man, it sucks to lose. I don't care. I want to hear him say once, I don't care about the stats. Stop telling me about these records. 
I, I just look, want I, us to win games. I think the Trey Young thing, though, is very different because he, and this is something that, that I've done. But, I love that you're defending Trey Young as the, the best outcome of this pod. I can't stand watching him play. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's just let's just start with a headline. And there's some serious problems there, and he's gonna have to adjust his game as he gets older. Yeah. To understand how you gotta keep everybody around you engaged. His shooting has been incredible. His passing is spectacular. His defense is atrocious. I think like 460-something players that even qualify for some yes. defensive stat. Yes. He's like the third worst. Yes. I mean, it's it's That's so, right. so bad. Also, from an test standpoint, he is the worst player defensively night after night after night. It's awful. Teams torture him. Right. But if you do the what if I were Trey Young exercise and go, you know, you motherfuckers had me cut from the G League two summers ago. and I you you didn't even think I was going to play, and now I'm going to play. I'm going to play for a long time, and maybe I just put up big numbers and I don't ever win. But like that, if you're looking at this from Trey's side, that's where I think all of his animosity is. Where he's tweeting out, you know, your apology needs to be as loud as your disrespect was. It's like, okay, I get why you're tweeting that out, but you guys also lose every fucking night. So well, like, what 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 is what are we arguing about? Also, here? whether he likes it or not, Luca is going to be in the first sentence. I was of trying his to obituary. do it without it. I was trying to do no, it without it's, Luca. It's just a fact. Yeah, they gave up a generational superstar for Trey Young, and they were like, "And we got this extra pick." And it's like, oh, is that extra pick Cam Reddish? Ugh. Now it's basically a straight up trade because unless you think Cam Reddish is going to have a miraculous turnaround over the next ten years, do you? I don't. I uh, one of my I favorite scouts. One of all. my favorite scouts was like the Cam Reddish is a no in our room. It's a no, and I was like, whoa. And he just kept and it, you know, over the course of months of conversations, and he just he's one of the best scouts I talked to, and he was like, I he's like, I'm not even saying he's a bad kid or it's, it's nothing like that. It's like his whole deal and his approach and the whole thing. Like, House and I no. have been aligned on this since we met in college in 1988. If I'm watching a basketball game and you were out there and I didn't notice you for a solid quarter, oh yeah, yeah you're yeah. not making it. Yeah. It was like, oh, I thought we he That's not Bembry? It, it's that Wiggins is the all time example. That's of this, exactly right. Wiggins is the trainer. No, there's, and oh with, no, he's been out there. With Culver on that team now, <laughs> too. Culver. It'll happen where I'm like, oh shit, Cul Culver. They, they, oh, that's Wiggins. Wiggins, he's back. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break and do the West. Hey, FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of The Ringer. Even if we can't legally say the name of a football game that might be coming up, let's just say it's a, a large game. Is it a big game? It's a, it's a gargantuan game. The biggest? Well, on FanDuel, you can legally bet on such a game. As long as you're in Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or West Virginia, FanDuel Sportsbook letting all new users place their first bet risk-free. That means you can place any bet and get up to 500 bucks back in site credit. If you don't win, you can use a risk-free bet on any big game bet you want. Spreads, money lines, teasers, even same game parlays. And of course, they have an awesome selection of big game props. You know who enjoys the Daily Fantasy? Joe House. I really do. Is there a golf golf thing we should be looking at this weekend? What do you mean? Is for, there... for Tory Pines? Of course. Well, Anybody is give there? It, give us a sleeper. Well, I love uh, Gary Woodland, who is a big hitter. Tory Pines favors the big hitters. You need mm. to get be long off the tee. John Rahm and Gary Woodland are are my, my uh, two favorites right now. Yeah, well, use your risk-free bet. You can do it on that. You can do it on a, a random football game that might be coming up that a lot of people might watch. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app from the iOS app store. Or 
Visit FanDuel.com slash Android and be sure you use promo code BS so they know we sent you. 21 plus, you must be. And you must be present. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana. Site credit, non withdrawable expires 14 days after receipt. Terms and restrictions apply. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Okay, the West starters are um, so easy, we don't even need to talk about them. James Harden, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi. Everybody's going to have the same five. Harden is over 200 threes for the season already. He is averaging over 13 threes and over 12 free throws. So he's he has a chance to create the thousand thousand club. It's which is in play. You know, you know how much I love clubs. He's averaging 37 a game. And I hate watching them. And it seems like his team doesn't really like playing with them. So I'm worried about him. them. You're worried now? I, about I, Houston. I'll tell you who I'm worried about. Who? Daryl. My, my friend. Oh yeah. This is bad. This is bad. This is like two more losses away from I start to get scared. You're worried for Daryl. Yeah, because the fucking guns have been out for him since the yeah. Hong Kong thing. It's, no as soon as anything goes wrong, that owner is going to shit can him. What if I told you, can you be fired for a trade you probably didn't want to do? Oh. I just don't know how anybody could know Daryl and think Daryl sat around and went, Westbrook? High usage, wicked inefficient, 40 million plus, couple firsts. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's Sloan this bitch. <laughs> if you redid that trade, who throws in the firsts? <laughs> no kidding, right? Seriously, speaking of all stars in the West, I didn't ever think Chris Paul had this in him. And we're going to talk about him in a second. Anyway, Harden, Doncic is 29, 10, and 9 every night. Is that nine, good? Nine three-point attempts, 9.2 free throw attempts. You know, I love that. 30.1 PR, 37 usage rate. And I'm going to bless him by saying he's the closest thing to Larry Bird since Larry Bird that I've seen. Unbelievable. I'm not I'm, saying I'm he so... is Larry Bird. I'm saying he has the most pieces of the legend of anyone I've watched. Jokic? Okay. <laughs> uh, he, Dallas is also 27 or 28 and 15, 27 and 15. They're always sneaky. Like, do you guys realize what their seed is right now in the playoffs? Like, they're unbelievable. Carlisle's unbelievable. And Porzingis hasn't even 15. been. So, and, yeah. Porzingis has missed 11 games. And you they, could argue 20. I don't understand how they win. That's, that's first, the thing about, about this. This is how dumb I am about basketball. They always, but even before Luka, when they had awful teams, you're like, wait a minute, what's their home record? Well, the, yeah, they always, they always figured out the advanced metrics. If we put these guys together, this will add up to this better than And by the way, does anybody? this mean the Mavs yeah. won the Dwight Powell trade? Who'd we get? Uh, Crowder and some picks. That mm. was Rondo Powell, Crowder picks, I believe. They're averaging 117 points a game almost. They are first in offensive rating. Um, here's your complete list of guys who averaged 25, 5, and 5 in the second season of their careers. Luka Doncic, Oscar Robertson, LeBron James, Jerry West. We're done. Next guy, we'll LeBron James. Um, See how the year goes. LeBron James, 26, 8, and 11. 49, 34, 70 splits. He's still got it. 26.5 PR. Still got it. Here's your complete list of guys who averaged 20 points a game in year 17 of their careers. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone. That we're done. 
headed towards 60,000 minutes, 47, he's over 47,600 and he played 10,000 playoff minutes. He will pass 60,000 minutes this year, which only Kareem and Malone have done. So there's that. Anthony Davis, 27 and nine, he's been hurt. Kawhi, 27, seven and five, uh, only 32 minutes a game. He's missed 10 games. Um, his ceiling is still, when Kawhi's bringing it on a given night, he's still a top three guy in the league. And Agreed. that's it. Yeah. We're done. There's, I don't know. I don't know how anybody could look at it any differently. Um, that's it. Most surprising guy on the list for you. If I Starter, said before the season, here's Luka. our five, here are five guys. So you think Luca? Yeah. Sure. Like, uh, I mean, all those other names you expect. Like, there's absolutely nothing about those other names. That's, I, mean, that's, I may not love the Harden thing, but he's averaging 37 a game. He's seven more points than anybody else. Now, I don't think that we've done the thing like when you were talking about comparing historical eras before and you go, okay, the, the sheer shot attempts during the Wilt and Bill Russell and all that Jerry West stuff, like the number of field goal attempts you'd have in a game. You look at some of those rebounding numbers for those guys, you'd be like, how the hell were guys getting 40 rebounds in a playoff game? You're like, well, that's just kind of the way shit went. But I think that there's another like end of the the timeline of the NBA where I wonder instead of saying is Harden Jordan or is Harden this or is Harden where we would go, okay, the Milwaukee Bucks are scoring 120 a game right now. If you go back to the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns, they scored 110 a game, right. and there were 24 teams that didn't even crack 100 points per game in the league. That's 15 years ago. That's not a 50 years ago. That's 15 years ago. So when you talk about Harden's Three attempts at like 16 a game, taking more free throws than anybody else, and an offense that's solely designed for you to get off every single night and you're durable enough to do it. Like it's all credit to it, but I almost feel like there's a 25% error bump for Harden that people haven't even corrected for yet. Could be. Yeah. I don't, I, the, the one to me that um, validated himself, well, this is a stupid thing to say, but Anthony Davis could have been a question mark because you don't know. The chemistry oh. thing or um, the health thing. That, that, that's he's me. been awesome to watch. He's been he's, awesome to he's, watch. Like when you were talking about, you know, going at the rim and bam, keeping people noticing, like sometimes I still think people forget about Gobert. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. have you guys not played them in a few months? Because you don't want to do that. House has Davis an irrational dislike because he's French. Well, when Boris Diaw said that American women were easy and manipulative, I was like, maybe I'm fucking out on that whole country. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> Do you have your phone? Yeah. Let's do a fake phone call. Okay. You be Elton Brand. I'll be Daryl Morey. Okay. Elton, it's Daryl. Crazy idea. Just want to talk it out. I'm not offering it. I just want to talk it out. We're not trading you Embiid for Daniel House. What about Embiid for Harden? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Just what would that look like if we did a trade like that? Because I have a chance to trade Clint Capella to the Celtics for Marcus Smart. And I was thinking, oh man, maybe I should just turn James Harden into, and Clint Capella into Joel Embiid and Marcus Smart. Maybe my team would be better. I was going to say yes until I found out you were flipping Capella to the Celtics, but now it means they have a big. So I'm not doing so it. So now I don't want to do it. Uh, I, I'd have to think about that a little bit. Let me check with Brett Brown. <laughs> Brett Brown does it. I don't know if I want to trade Joel. <laughs> Not sure I want to trade him. He's been such an ambassador to the guys in Philly. You're getting it, man. Yeah. You're improving. You're well, Brett Brown. I've been studying him. You're Brett I've been Brown. Him in the so interviews. much better. Because remember last year we were just bumbling idiots. Trying so to here's the difference. Here, here's the key to the Brett Brown. He talks slowly, 
Boston people don't talk. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Well, they, Boston's right. fast. Brett Brown, he talks a little like this. It's a little New York and, you know, but he, it isn't, he, isn't he, he drags it out. He's from New Hampshire yeah. or Vermont Maine? or somewhere. Yeah. House, who, who By the way, no? I'm convinced everyone from Massachusetts, if you're from either New Hampshire, Vermont, or Maine, no one in Massachusetts ever cares. Like, they'll just go, you're from, like, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. And, like, <laughs> it's like three three yeah. states that are just merged into one Did another. you think I was from Vermont for a long time? I, I still I, don't know where you're from. Are every, you from Maine? Yeah, where are you from? Everybody, like, when I get the Vermont thing, like, yeah, you were born and raised there. You're like, hey, man, I really like it, but I was not... Like House who says there. no, Harden for Embiid. Philly, Philly says no, no fucking way. Okay. How would they sell their their fan base on that? Is that a phone call that could happen? Sure, sure. It's a phone call that could happen because, you know, the GMs are supposed to do this. That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Thinking about how to improve their teams. It's not the craziest, like, it, honestly, Elton would probably say, Daryl, like, this is a decent offer. Like, what, what is this? What got into you? <laughs> Daryl's like, you got to get this one last trade off before I'm joining the ringer. Uh, the bench. By the way, Daryl is the all-time, he'll be fine. If and when this Houston thing doesn't work out, I've never had more confidence in anybody I've ever known that he'll be fine. Wow. That's quite the endorsement. Yeah. And I don't think it'll be basketball next for him. Oh. Hedge fund? I think he'll just go make like a billion dollars. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 And then, and then buy an NBA team. That was the original plan. I'd like yeah. to sign up with, for that. Bench all-stars. I have four locks. Donovan Mitchell, 25, four and four. Really good team. Uh, when Conley went out, that team fell into place. So now they've been able to figure out how to bring Conley back into it. And, and this is going to sound old, but you know what? Like when I watch Mitchell, I go, oh, he's the best player out there tonight. Yeah. Like I, I don't mind that being a bit of an influencing factor in going, hey, who do I want Which, in there or not? Yeah, this is the all star. It's right. supposed to be that way. How much how much uh how much how weightish is he on a scale of one to ten house? How what is? Weightish. Weightish. Oh, I like that. Uh, let's see. Evolutionary scale. weight. I think he's like a strong seven and a half. That's to eight. what I was saying. I was thinking an eight. Yeah. Speaking of Wade, I just hope the NBA does something to recognize his career. I feel like he just <laughs> retired and came and went. Did, you know, we, did we get to if there was sit any back way, and think about his career at all? You know, it's in Chicago. I don't know if a week-long celebration is long enough, but maybe like a, like, you know, Mardi Gras has something before it. Right. That would be kind of cool. If they what could if do we change the name of the All-Star game, the, the Dwayne Wade game, the Dwayne Wade All-Star <laughs> Classic? I'm not going to say no. Is he... How many more time, How many more retirement ceremonies can he get out of this? I liked that even Heat fans, when the announcement came out that it was a three-day jersey retirement, were tweeting at me going, all right, like, <laughs> you may. This used to be something we did at, like, halftime. And, and we should go back to that. Yeah. That's enough. Three days. Three days. Day two, we're at the Fountain Blue. All right, so. It's uh, Fedora night at the Clevelander. Donovan Mitchell's in. Hopefully he won't retire someday for in sections over the course of a year, 17 different times. Dame Lillard, he's up to 28, four and eight. His team stinks. Uh, they are 19 and 25. Uh, in this case, I can't blame Dame Lillard for that. They had really bad luck with Nurkic. Hassan Whiteside is just like, no, not they, somebody they you want to play with. And I, then Collins I know what they were gets trying hurt. to do, right. Cause Collins is hurt now too. And now it looks like they're trying to get under the tax. 19 and 25 is not as bad as it it felt, though. When you say it that way, where they were at the beginning of the year, where it was just, just, just uh, you know, you're like, this is a disaster. And 
And and how much how much they actually kind of needed Carmelo when we went to that game early in the season and Hazonia played like thirty minutes and House was like, I could go out there right now and probably do a reasonable impression of Hazonia in this game. He was just a complete zero in every asset of basketball. It was really hard to believe that he was uh, so they bring Carmelo in, the in, and then LeBron does one of my favorite LeBron moves. That was unbelievable. Please go. Does the tweet? Thought y'all said he couldn't play or whatever it was. And it's like, you could have signed him for nine straight months. You run the fucking Lakers. Thought y'all said he couldn't play. Why is he on your fucking team then, LeBron? Does LeBron, he, who's, who spins this shit in more LeBron-centric ways than LeBron? I love LeBron. He's one of the best parts I've ever watched. But how do you tweet that? No, it's only like. You could have signed look, him The LeBron months. thing is only like the 5% where you go, what is that? Like what the rest is of this that? is unbelievable. Like. What do you mean? You're going to take it out on everybody else? You you were picking off Boogie Cousins and Dwight Howard. You were basically signing the 2004 All-Stars and Carmelo. You're like, eh. Thought y'all said he couldn't play. Including you. Anyway, uh, Brandon Ingram. Let's table him, actually, because I'm not sure he's a lock. Rudy Gobert, I think, is a lock. 15 and 15. Uh, PER is 20. Well, I mean, big guys like that. He's 68%. He's 68% from the floor right now. Go bear. Uh, get him in the all-star game. And his, the advanced stats for him with rim protection. The screen and, assist numbers. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can't find one right now because I've gone through them, you know, every now and then I'll go, let me check in on a go bear number. And they're just stupid. Um, I'll find it as we're doing this. So if you look at the rim protection, which was a big case for Embiid last year, and they can track this. They can track what the opponent's field goal percentage is within six percent within six feet. And people are under fifty with Gobert, and that doesn't even count for how aware they are that he's out there at all times. And whether that can translate to the playoffs, we'll see. But for regular season, he's in yeah. there. Jokic is he's, another. He's one. number one. Gobert's eight screen assists per game. Jesus, number one in the league. He's three hundred nineteen on the season. He's about forty more than. Actually, this is this is how staggering the stat is for Gobert. So screen assist totals on the year. Gobert's one, 319. Jesus. Domas is actually close at only like 40 behind him, 280. Makes sense. And then Bam's 100 behind at number three. That's just the amount of movement. And like Gobert's actually one of the most underrated teammates when you don't understand. And, and there are moments where I'm like, is, it, is he that great? Is he all these special things? And then you start digging into it and you pay more attention to it. The amount that Gobert sacrifices through a game for everybody else is everything you would want in a big. In a Teammates that, love him too. Yeah, and the, the, right. I think that team has really, really good, a good vibe, good chemistry. The only thing that you can say against him is if they play Houston in the playoffs, he can't play. We have enough evidence now, I think. He can't be on the floor against Houston. It's definitely still a concern. I don't know if it's a off the floor thing. I think it's one of those, let's see how this is going tonight with this matchup. And then what does Houston do? Or do we try to, you know, do we try to beat them up because PJ Tucker's playing center? It's so the basketball. I, I'm not, I, mean, I don't want to make it sound like I'm dismissive of a house, but I, I know I've said that about other bigs before where you're like, Hey, sorry, you can't go out there. Sometimes in the course of a series, you're like, actually, this is going to work tonight. Houston, Utah is the basketball series. I want the least. No, Why? Because you're afraid Houston's going to win. I just don't want to watch it. And I don't want to hear two weeks of oh, go bears. It's like, just can they play other teams so then we can avoid it? Denver, Jokic, 
is going to make the all-star team. I have him as one of my eight. He's having a typical Jokic year. 2010 and so? six. No, stat-wise. Yeah. Doesn't hasn't felt like that. But I when test, you when you do the list and you go, eh, the numbers are there, like you're putting them on the all-star team. And this team. is a and problem. They're, and well, they're a good team. They're a good team. Right. He's the best player on the team. Offensively, they're ninth in uh in points per game, only 109th, because they play slower because of him. Mm-hmm. Offensive rating is ninth. Let's do it. Let's just do let's spend two minutes on this. I just don't I don't believe I heard you with KOC last week. It confirmed every feeling I have. I don't see it. I don't think they have enough. And I think that's the team. That's the first round upset team to me. I don't see it. I, I just have to see another version of them, another gear of them before I'm going to start saying, hey, they're coming out of the West. And that's or a trade. That's how I'm looking at Denver. I'm not looking at Denver saying, hey, they're a bad basketball team. They're 30 and 13. They're four behind yeah. the Lakers for the one seed. Okay. They're good. And um I just don't see it in as a playoff team. No, I don't. Because it's going to be what happened last year, House. I can't agree with you more. It's like, all right, Jamal Murray, this is up to you now. That's right. That's and the problem with I Denver. need them to get a third guy. They need a sure guy. They're going to get it. They need a guy. Now, the Porter thing's the wild card, and Russell and I right. both love Porter. And Malone yanks his minutes around, and I, I would just be playing him 30 minutes a game. You're going to make the playoffs anyway. That's I, the thing. I, I want to explore the Porter now, ceiling. Well, they, I feel like there's something going on there that we are not privy to. Oh, like health? Yeah, like health and being and, careful. Yes, maybe. Yes. I, that's if that's fair. it, then fine. Okay, yeah. you win. But here's the deal: the other day, Jamal Murray wasn't playing, and he played Porter 23 minutes. Right. It doesn't make any sense. That's a game you okay. And if you're sitting there going, "Well, Denver's good; they have the rotation <laughs> locked in," I don't know that they have it locked in. I don't know that any team should be sitting there going, "Do we have eight? We're so much more confident in than the way Porter impacts a game when it's right." Like that to me, is stubbornness. I think there are coaches that go, we still want to just beat down young guys. And yes, Porter's going to screw up. He's going to be, everybody's scoring now, man. So like, if you're telling me that you can't play Porter more than 20 minutes because of a defensive rotation that's missed here or there, I would argue, I think you need to figure this out. And it's not because you're (laughs) I would argue, go look at Jabal Murray. Right. And it's not because you're some finished product. I just, when I hear somebody say, I like Denver coming out of the West, I'm always surprised. I just go, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it right now. I think they need to make a trade for a, I completely 1,000% trust this dude in the second round of a playoff series in a road game against the Clippers. Who are your five guys in that situation? You're down 2-1 in the series. Um, you're home. The Clippers are in there. They know they can cut your throat and then take it to back to the Clippers for game five. Who are my five guys? And I don't I, I don't know who they are with them. I don't think you can do this. Oh, we're so deep. It doesn't work in the playoffs. You need to have your five. And I don't know what their five is. But I think Porter potentially could be one of the five because that guy's if you put him out there with Jokic that's kind of a nightmare uh defensively You're not running anything nobody... for him either that's what I've liked about some of his scoring is that yeah the the step backs and these little like mid-range pull-ups look really smooth for a guy his size like his movement alone right we've talked about it like it looks like a little bit like McGrady and that's somebody that big that's that 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 great we all love that cop. he's not you know again he's not McGrady's no, but it's, now, it, right? yeah. the movement out there of yes. like hey this is this guy's comfortable with the ball there's a reason he was the number one player in high school and all this different stuff and you know Will Barton can get it going sometimes I don't know if that's always the best thing for a team that's trying to come out of the West. We were uh, texting about that this week because Marcus Smart is a guy for the Celtics. The more involved he is, the worse the worse the Celtics do. It's yeah, like, I, I think are, there are some guys. Line for me is two for six with seven <laughs> points and four steals. And it's like, oh, Will Barton's heating up. I'm like, oh, that's bad for Denver. The only thing I would say is we're halfway through the season. 
We have 41 games. Okay. It's like totally reasonable for Denver to let this experiment play out over the next half of the season and to be cautious with Porter. Yeah, Harris hasn't been great in 33 minutes a game. Um, the Jeremy Grant Harris thing. Harris is the trade piece, in my opinion. Which I like them picking up Jeremy Grant once the Thunder were just saying, all right, you Me know, let us, let us know. That hasn't been great. Malik Beasley, if I got to hear his name in another trade rumor, I mean, it's just they don't want to pay him. And maybe it's because they're afraid of what they might become, or maybe they just don't like him that much. Um, so there's there's a collection of guys that have been getting minutes for them that aren't that shouldn't collect like they shouldn't always be in the way of Michael Porter Jr. is my point. And maybe it won't be, as you, as you pointed out, House. I would like to see them make a trade. So that's my eight. Do you guys have any other all-stars? Because Brandon Ingram would have been the ninth, but I'd, I'd at least like to talk that one out. Okay. Right now we have eight. We have Harden, Doncic, LeBron, Davis, Kawhi, and then Mitchell, Lillard, Gobert, and Jokic. Oh, sorry. That's nine. So we got three spots left. And the candidates are Brandon Ingram, Devin Booker, John Morant, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Towns, Paul George, who's missed 17 games and counting, Chris Paul, Jamal Murray. As much as we all love Jaw, it's a no. Uh, it hurts. It's a no. It's, it's a no, and he's it probably hurts. one of my favorite players to watch. He's so. going to be there the whole weekend. He's going to be a centerpiece of the sophomore freshman game and or what, the international. I think he has a table at Underground. The- I'm sure that's true. I think it plays out. Somebody bags out with an injury and he gets in anyway. Would be my guess. He doesn't need to be in the game. He's going to be in everything there. He's going to be in all the stuff. We're hey, going to see a lot of jobs. Westbrook's out, right? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> just, you know, I don't know. I'm just it's making funny. sure. Can we just do the uh, 30 seconds on Ja? Yeah. The Knicks in 2009 come within a pick of Curry and it doesn't happen. And they get Jordan Hill. I think R.J. Barrett is better than Jordan Hill. But you have the Knicks again here with the third pick. And they're one pick away from this guy who, if the if he had been on the Knicks doing the stuff that he's doing in Memphis that the real NBA fans are watching, and I've, I've been watching a lot of them because the Celtics have their pick and it's just getting destroyed. If he was in MSG, people would lose their fucking minds. I, I honestly, especially he would, when he it's be, new, like there's no criticism. There's can no, you imagine oh it is one of the great, Oh man. Can you imagine if that had happened? Basketball almost. Damn it. They would have loved him. Are can you J- mad about this right now? I am. I think it would have been awesome. I all due respect to Memphis, but I'm mad that the Celtics had this awesome pick that is now shot. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, this isn't because you wish he was playing <laughs> yeah. for MSG. You're yeah. mad that the pick is worse. Maybe it's about the pick. <laughs> so he's a no. Is uh, Shea Gilgis a no? I have him as a no. I have him as a no as well. It hurts. 26 and three. His numbers are like, you go, wait, what? I like that he rebounds. He's so. I love guards that rebound. Who are I we like guards about? that can go in traffic with two minutes left and get a fucking too. rebound. Motor. Who are we talking with about motor that you can't? The motor is incredible on him. He was a guy last year in the Clippers that, having gone to a couple of Clipper games last year, it was just clear he was going to be really good. Him and in when person, he was in that trade. Him in person yeah. is different. It was like it my first every time eye with test him, I had. Right. My first time with him in person, baseline seats, a few row, and I, I, I'm like, I, I don't remember who won the game. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, I can't stop looking at this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was always in the right spots. He never needed the ball. He was just doing whatever the things you need to do to win a game. And when he had to be in that Kawhi trade, it hurt because, and I know he had to be, or the Paul George trade, sorry. Um, 
I yeah, know it had to be to get it Kawhi. It was the Kawhi Paul George. But man, I still wonder. I still wonder if he had to be in the trade. I'd love to like a five years later thing if they ever do like, an, we'll get you on that. The oral history, get you in with Balmer, everybody be like, what happened after the third title? And then be like, what was the tipping point on the, the Shea Gilgis Alexander? He had to like have been the last piece. They had to have been like, take every pick we have. Great, what like, else do you want? You Presti, want Lou Williams? Presti five years later, be like, hey, I would have done it without that. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, that'd be like the most unpresty thing ever. Presti would never say that even five years removed. If I were him, I would SGA would have been the first thing I wanted. The, then you can throw in his maybe he was after. maybe Who, he was who's to say he wasn't. Too bad. Okay, so, so he, we got Lillard, Mitchell, Gobert, Jokic. So we're at nine locks. So I got I got Devin Booker as a tenth. He missed a couple games. That team is now. It's eight, only a couple. He's at what thirty nine games. Yeah, so yeah. Far? He only missed a couple, yeah, but they lost the games that he missed. Eight. They're eighteen and twenty four. He's twenty seven, four and six. 51, 36, 92 percentages. Doesn't shoot as many threes as you think. I think people think he's like Dame Lillard. He only takes five a game. Gets to the line. And eye test wise, when he has it going, he is one of the best scorers of all the two guardish kind of guys. Um, the Celtics couldn't stop him the other night. But I, we've seen him do that multiple times where... It's, but they also didn't have Jalen. Like that was that was a bad no, night I to not have Jalen for Booker. But I think one of the things I like about him is he's not a just jacking up threes guys. Like he scores. This sounds like a real one eighty for you on Booker. No, you've had I've, stretches where you didn't like Booker at all. Is that I've fair? Always like Booker. Yeah, I've always like... liked him as a talent. I just like hey, at some point, win some games. You're really good. I think we've all agreed that guy's fucking awesome. I thought but, he caught a ton of shit because then he be, he kind of got thrown in the loser category. Honestly, from that video that came out, the pickup game where they doubled him in the corner and then Joakim Noah, who everybody loves, screaming at Booker. And Booker's like, hey, and I, I kind of, this is a real, this is going to be popular. I agree with Booker. Like if you're getting in there, getting a sweat, he's like, I don't need fucking double team closeouts in the corner of some pickup game. Should say and this for the hottest take. But no, but it made it look like Booker was soft and like, you know, and, and everybody killed him. And actually, I the I'll, Team USA thing bothered me way more. I'll, that's fine. I'll admit, too, I shared with Booker that I thought it was bullshit. He was getting dragged from that video. It was a very wow, quick interaction. Guy. We we No, it wasn't even that he was my guy. I was like, hey, that was bullshit. He was like, yeah. And that was it. That was our <laughs> night. He's really good. I think that the I'm next. I'm sure he was just as impactful for him. <laughs> the thing is, now that Aiton's back. And right. Yeah, here we go. I got to hard. We watched him last night. Yeah. He's since he came back from his whatever he was doing that got him suspended 25 games. He actually seems more athletic to me. They found out he was 37. <laughs> <laughs> so don't rule that out. That was load management. The, uh, I think he's looked really athletic and I like Aiden. committed. Yeah. Aiden, he's definitely playing harder than he's ever played. Aiden has this weird thing. This happens to players sometimes too, where it's like, where you kind of off the grid because it was last year. Cause I think you, you turn in to check out and you go, Oh, he's going to be able to play. Like he's good. I get it. He was the number one pick. The Doncic thing's going to haunt everybody. Right. But Aiton's going to be good. He's going to be all right. Uh, I don't know how great he's going to be, but like if this were the late 80s, Aiton would be one of the biggest stars in the league. You know, right. think about this guy. So That's then he disappears and then Baines plays well. Phoenix kind of has this fake beginning of the year thing and it's without Aiton. <clears throat> the Aiton Baines thing is harder to figure out than like Aiton Booker and all that. So I, I would feel good about him right now. Can I do a hot take just so I can get on the Phoenix Suns block? Because they love writing when I ever I say anything about the Suns. So the Suns are 18 and 25. They're two games behind Memphis for the eighth seed. 
You have Memphis 2023, San Antonio 19 and 23. And God, God, let's hope they don't make the playoffs. I can't watch them. Portland is 19 and 26. Phoenix is 18 and 25. Pelicans are 17 and 27. One of those five teams will make the playoffs. I actually think Phoenix has the best chance of those five. And the roadmap for them is Devin Booker taking it up a level. This is sitting here for him now. His team's pretty good. Like they have three and D guys. I think Rubio, who is amazingly only 29 years old. What? Is, yeah, he's 29 years That's old. That's like we when we were doing the this. Dwight stuff. Dwight just turned 34. Very, yeah. But they have pieces. They actually have the Tyler Johnson expiring contract. They can go get one more piece. And they have a guy who can, in the fourth quarter of a game, going against whoever in the last five minutes, can match baskets with you name the player. So I guess my challenge for Devin Booker, Simmons challenges Devin Booker, you can make the playoffs. Let's see it. Put your team on your back. Start putting up 29 a night and kick ass. You're talented. Well, they, they I want to see it. It may ha happen because of Baton. I mean, maybe, you know, he's well, how many games back is he now? Five, yeah, five like, or six. That's a pretty formidable. Bane's coming off the bench. combo. That's a pretty bridges is signs of life from bridges. Ubre has been a really um, impactful uh, contributor to them. Priscilla, true or false? They traded up to the tenth pick and took Bridges over Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh that is false. It's true. No, it is. Sorry. He was the next pick. Yeah, because it was Shea and then Jerome Robinson. Clippers had they had the back-to-back -back picks. The Jerome Robinson one's a tough one because there was somebody. Who was I couldn't. There? I was shocked that they. Well, I mean, look, it was their own picks, but I didn't, I didn't see Jerome in that same group with, with Shea. Um, all right. So that's my challenge to Booker. So we all have him in. I have him in. I have him in also. I right, had him in so as my 10. last guy, actually. Yeah, so who are your last two guys? I have Ingram in. The numbers are staggering. The I have efficiency's Ingram good. Uh, this turnaround's helped a little bit and he's basically played a full season. And then it was Chris Paul or Paul George for me for the last spot. And Paul George has played 26 games. And Chris Paul's stats are, it's not just his stats, it's him. I think Oklahoma Thunder fans, like Oklahoma City Thunder fans, like a weird thing happened to him here. Durant left. You defended Westbrook because Durant left. And Westbrook was your guy. And for the rest of us that kept watching the Westbrook thing, decline, 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 losing these playoff series that you shouldn't have been losing in, you didn't want to admit it because he still was your guy. And then George bounces, Westbrook gets traded, and you end up with this Chris Paul guy that you've been arguing against for five years passionately that your guy is better than Chris Paul. And now you've watched half a season with Chris Paul, and you go, oh, this is what a point guard's supposed to do? Like, this is what it's supposed to look like? And it's the, the oddity of, like, Chris Paul's rep that he's the difficult one. And I'm not saying he's always a joy to be a teammate with, but when Westbrook, like, doesn't want chairs in the locker room and needs the temperature a certain way and never is going to pass to you unless his drive is aborted. Uh, you know, we, uh, this is just an unbelievably unique experience for Thunder fans where they're having a moment by themselves, looking in the mirror, asking themselves about themselves where they go. This is actually better, isn't it? It's your buddy who was madly in love with somebody and got dumped in a really horrible way. And then the next person he dated was super nice to him. And he was like, oh man, I'm in love. This is great. And then the years pass and all his buddies are trying to get him to break up with her and say, no, this is a bad one. And now Chris Paul is the third 
the third one where it's like, oh, this is what love is like. I'm just. No, I like that. That's, that's, I like that. Because I feel like think- the Westbrook thing, so much of it came out of the pain of the breakup with Durant that they kind of had to go all in on Westbrook. That's true. They and did. The like, moment they traded him, they were like, oh, man, it was really fun. He was an awesome representative of us. Like, if you think I'm about, not miss watching if him. you think about like a TV show, girlfriend, wife, movie, girlfriend, wife, where you just watch the characters and you go, you know what? Like, that's going to work. That's going to work. Like, I think a Tommy boy, Farley and uh, the like character. It. Yeah. Remember Julie Warner? Um, Great. She, she was the girlfriend. Like, you, you knew that. That wasn't a sexual tension love story in Tommy Boy between her and the girl that worked at Callahan Airport. Yeah. Airport. But like you just knew if Tommy ends up with her in Sandusky. Everyone's happy. It's, it's going to be all it's right. It's going to work. It's going to be gonna all work. right. And that's kind of what I feel about Chris Paul and the Thunder. I will say, uh, again, going back to October when we sat down and did our over-unders, <clears throat> I, w- one or both of you guys were pretty adamant that the Thunder may not, because th- at that time, where is Chris Paul going to land? Miami or, you know, who was I it? was adamant that he wasn't going to It was you that was most adamant. It was, it was also me. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was trying to give both of you guys credit. No, I, no don't start. Maybe, I don't want to hear this from you. Both of us. <laughs> it, it had to have been both of us, but I just... I just remember no, we being just, like, we couldn't figure out the trade. We would text, we'd be like, where's he well, going? It's an There's Indo no trade. On it too. And I remember it was like one of those mornings where I'm <laughs> watching first take and I'm getting ready at my house and I'm just watching the TV and it's like, where's he going? And right. I'm, you know, get, putting my pants on, screaming to no one, they're not fucking trading them. <laughs> right. You know, and people are like, well, if Miami and all the word out from Miami is like, we're good. We're good. We don't want them. But here's the thing with, uh, I want, I'd, this is a good one to end on because I think it's an important conversation. It's been fun. And he's somebody that's been frustrating to watch over the years. And I didn't really enjoy going to the games when he played with Blake and DeAndre. And I just didn't enjoy those teams. Um, I'm confused. I'm surprised. Oh, I hated going to those games. Yeah, I've told you there that There was before. a time. No, but there was a time when that was like I'm not pretty talking exciting. About them, the they argued the nonstop. And, and look, I love yeah. Doc, but he's he's a big arguer. It was just, so then everybody just, just yelling arguing, and yelling. yelling. It got tired. And all we remember is how tired it was. But and by the way, every working, other was, team in the West like hated them. Like, hey, who's the team you hate the most? That was great. I love that. It was Houston. It was OKC. The Clippers-Golden State rivalry for a while was awesome. But part of the reason it sucked was a little like what we were talking about with Simmons and Embiid earlier. Paul and Blake were just a bad fit together. Blake is not a typical basketball player, even at his peak when he was the third or fourth best Remember player Remember when in the Paul was hurt for that stretch and how great Blake was? Right. He was handling the they ball actually kind of didn't need each other. Yeah. So he ends up in that situation. Then he goes to Houston and he's James Harden's caddy for two years that gets to like run a couple of plays. This is the first time we've seen him on a normal basketball team that does normal basketball things since he was in New Orleans. And I think that's why it's been so much fun to watch because he's like, he actually learned how to play off the ball with Harden, which I don't think he could have done five years ago. But, you know, Shea will take over their possessions from time to time. And Chris Paul's like, I'm good. I'll even just be over here. Schroeder, like they do this three guard yeah. thing where I'm like, man, I don't even hate Schroeder anymore. Um, they don't either. I yeah. all the dap. Everybody's loving Schroeder now. I really think that this team is like this collectively. This is cheesy, but it's it's this huge like exhale moment for the organization post everything that they've gone not through. Not to mention like, all the fucking picks they have. Right. Yeah. And Holy you know what? You know, I mean, not having a ton of pressure on him. And, you know, another thing, and look, I'm a pro Chris Paul guy, but they didn't want to play him a ton. And he's like, nah, 
Like I'm playing. Like, I love I the way I want to play and let's go. I love that he could have, you think about how so many people in the NBA have handled this specific situation. He was a fucking pro the whole time. He's given him their best. He has a chip on his shoulder. He's made everybody on that team better. And they have five guys who don't totally make sense, but who are all guys who know how to play basketball, or play hard. It's three guards, Steven Adams and Gallinari. Their wings are atrocious. They, if they wanted to actually upgrade their wings, um, their wings are really all help. over the place. I mean, their Dort are, was playing oh the other God. night. Um, they have the worst wings in the league. Baisley. That's a team that uh, Kuzma might actually help. Until the extension, the Beal extension, I thought that's where Beal was going to go. Right. Because so, you can get the picks out of him. So it's been a pleasure and a privilege to watch him. So yeah, I have. I think we have Ingram and Paul in the last two spots. So the omissions would be... Uh, Carl John Anthony Mar Towns? John Morant, Shea, Shea Gilgis. He loses his spot to Chris Paul. I think that's fair. You'll be in there, Shea. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray. Paul George, not enough games, sorry, even though you were one of the best six players in the league last year. If George ends up on the team, I'll be happy that it it's happened. It's fine. You know, but I, for our exercise. This was a big Durant thing where he would get f furious with like all NBA and stuff where he would just be like, how am I not first team all NBA? I'm one of the best players in the league because I missed X games or how is Curry not like, it's like, at some point, if we're making lists and we all know who the best players of the leagues are, what does it matter that I missed 12 games or 14 games? So with the Paul George thing, you could say, well, he's, he's one, one of the, the best, best 24 players in the <laughs> yeah, league. He, like, he should be in the game. Right. But the West is so loaded this year, I, I can't give it to <laughs> okay, him. Okay, but if you had argued, like if, if you would come in here going, all right, I'm going George over Booker for the All-Star, like just that reason that going, oh, look, I'm going I'm to put in the guy that we know is always kind of flirting with top 10 in the league versus Booker. I'm not necessarily against it. I, I wouldn't. I think it, they, it's George for George versus Ingram for me on that spot. I say I I had I had Ingram more of a lock than I had Booker or George. Huh? It's funny because the team's not very good. No, it's kind of what we were talking about before with Zach Levine and Trey Young. So I that's didn't why I guarantee like there'd be no contradictions <laughs> on these 24 <laughs> picks. Uh, <laughs> The if Paul George is healthy, he obviously makes it and somebody gets bumped. But uh Ingram gets bumped, I think. So Towns really quickly and then we'll go. The, the all numbers are unbelievable. We never did the all miserable team. That's the perfect way to go out. Towns, <laughs> Captain, Bradley Beal, everyone on the or Nets. Levine's teammates. <laughs> Levine's teammates and everyone on the Nets when Kyrie plays. Kevin Love. And Kevin Love. But that's so it's basically Kevin Love. Carl Towns, Beal. Let's go with Spencer Dinwiddie when Kyrie yeah, is playing. When Dinwiddie, when, <laughs> when, when Kyrie's, uh, his when role Kyrie's plays. I don't understand why people were like, did you watch Dinwiddie when he'd be like, oh, we're doing this? But how yeah. about, can we just, if you're going to do a bull, can we do Thad Young, who willingly signed there? And it's like, oh my God, what did I do? Got Kobe White. But at the same time, too, like when I look at Thaddeus Young, you want to do the disappearing exercise. Right here. Yeah. And, and then somebody's like, you know, it'd be a nice ad. It's like Thaddeus Young. And you go, why? Like, Thaddeus Young's going to be 20 years in the league and he's going to be in a trade rumor and they're going to go, he'd fucking add some nice wing depth. Al Horford? He's just too jovial. He can't be miserable. Deep, yeah. deep <laughs> internally? Deep down in his bones? Nah, he's like, I can't believe what I'm going to make in year three and four of this contract. <laughs> Dwayne Dedman. 
uh, off the bench. Yeah, he demanded a trade. Three-year <laughs> deal with Sacramento. Instantly out. <laughs> I'd like to throw in my dad anytime Brad Wanamaker plays more than 20 minutes in a game. I'm going to add him as well. Rosillo, <laughs> we can hear you. You're only doing two podcasts this week, but you're coming back uh, later in the week on yours. Yep. House, you and I did Fairway Whirling with yeah, Nathan Hubbard. season premiere. And House Carves too. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And I'm not sure if we had another BS this week, but we definitely have Book of Basketball coming. Dwight Howard is not going to be this week. Knicks fans are going to be addressed this week. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Thanks to Norton Secure VPN. If you're one of the 26% of U.S. adults that is online almost constantly, that number seems low. It uses bank-grade encryption to block companies from tracking your online activity and works on your PC, Mac, or mobile device, get Norton Secure VPN. Browse privately. Secure your connections. Go to norton.com slash VPN Simmons. Production starts at $3.33 a month for the first year with annual enrollment terms apply. Thanks to Pepsi with the new year officially here and everyone vowing to restrictive resolutions. Pepsi wants to usher in the new decade a bit differently by encouraging everyone to unapologetically apologetically do what you enjoy, even in the face of others' judgment. Joe House enjoys eating large quantities of food between 6 and 8 p.m. I don't care about any judgment. I'm not care. I'm not care. He can't even speak. Pepsi, that's what I like. Don't forget about the rewatchables and Book of Basketball this week. See you soon.